This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning. Well, I'm so wound up. I'm like a coiled spring this morning. Listen to these whinging people. Oh, I wouldn't buy an Apple Watch. I wouldn't buy... Well, don't buy it then. They don't care about you. Nothing worse than the moaning Marys at this time of the morning. Oh, I wouldn't buy an Apple Watch. Oh, the battery life's really short. Oh, technology to tell you when you're going to die and open the car door. Oh, and it always goes wrong. I've had an Apple phone for God knows how long. I've never had one go wrong yet. Never had it go wrong. Although, to be honest with you, I wouldn't buy first generation of anything. I'd wait for a little bit further down the line. But honestly, but don't people moan? God, I thought we were bad enough about the weather in this country. But I know a little about an Apple Watch. These are quite clearly people who haven't bought into the Apple culture. They're people who are quite clearly are happy with a ticker ticker Timex. And even that probably stretches their imagination. You can tell what kind of mood I'm in this morning, can't you? Bodes for a very good programme, I always think. You know, the angrier I am, the happier I am. Because the happier I am and the more I thrive in other people's misery. So if you're having a miserable day, I'm really, really happy. In fact, the more miserable you are, the happier I get. I thrive on other people's misery. I read stories in the papers. So-and-so's marriage has split up. Whoopee! Hallelujah! There's a picture in the paper today. I had to mention it because it's very apropos. Because I was, I flipped onto the, uh, the television this morning. I was whizzing around the channel. I woke up a little bit early. At a very, very, I was chatting away to my bank manager, as we do. And we've just opened uh, a savings account in Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, I ask you, because uh, that's where the Royal Bank of Scotland's based, and I'd rather be in Edinburgh than, frankly, part of Santander, which luckily never happened. So I'm flipping through the, the channels this morning. I'm sort of thinking, I'm having a very nice day today, and uh, I haven't got any pre-records to do, so I'm feeling very happy about that. You know, I love doing my pre-records, but I like it when I've got a day off and I can actually sort of put my feet up. And I've got a couple of things to faff about with at home. And, uh, and I caught the tail end of the Graham Norton show, where they crammed an awful lot of people onto a settee. There was... Um, Oh, God, who was on there? I can't remember now. I know that one of them was Jack D. And I know that one of them was the bloke from Benidorm, who we had on In Conversation. And then there was Cheryl Versace Vassini Spagbol. She was on there as well. Way, eh? You know, because you're worth it. Unfortunately, she wasn't worth it. And she showed her true colours, because at some point, um, <laughs> Graham Norton said to her, Oh, I see you've, uh, you've cut your hair. You know, well, she'd taken the extensions out. You know, that was about as far as it went. And so old Spagbol turns up and she's sitting there and she's got creosoted legs. In fact, I couldn't... In fact, I keep diverting my attention from Jack D's face to Spagbol's legs. And her legs were literally creosote colour. In fact, I don't know whether she just stood in a tank of creosote. Either way, she didn't really contribute very much. The only time she became animated is when Graham said, Oh, you've got a new single out. And then we had to suffer with a bit of that. And uh, he said, is there any chance that you could ever represent us for, um, for Eurovision? And so, uh, so Spagbol went, no. And I thought, no, because you can't sing. That's why. You've got to sing live at Eurovision. And so Jennifer Saunders was on there looking. She was wearing a onesie. I like her anyway. Uh, David Walliams was sort of chatting away about his book, looking very happy with everything. Then you had Spagbol in the middle with these. I mean, she's about as big as a matchstick. There's nothing of her. And then Jack D. And then on this side, who's the right hand side? That's right. Johnny Vegas. And senior moment. And so Graham Norton says, you know, oh, you're going to be doing uh, comic relief, blah, 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 blah. And so Jack D says, oh, yes, I'm going to be doing comic relief. And then then Spagbol chips in and says, uh, why, because I've had my head date red. Well, in fact, if, if you watched it on the television, unless you've got black and white, you'd have no idea. So Jack D says to her, um, that's not red. He said you could have gone proper red. That's just sort of like some sort of rinse you've had put through it. 
Well, I thought she was going to... All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the estate in Newcastle came to the forefront. Well, why don't you get your hair coloured as well? She became quite vicious, quite nasty. And I thought, oh dear, we've, we've hit a raw nerve with old Spagbol. You know, because she can't fit into polite company. It is said that Simon Cowell used to take her out for, for dinner with some of his chums so they could realise just how stupid she was. She can't, uh, she, you know, because you're worth it, I'm singing me a little song. And, uh, and that was it. So the reason she'd never do Eurovision, not that I'd recommend anybody doing Eurovision, is the fact that she wouldn't win it. Do you imagine her singing live? Bad enough watching her mime, let alone attempting to sing live. Not so great, not so great. So I watched that, and uh, I thought that was quite nice, and then they sort of plugged, you know, various things that they're all doing for you know, comic relief to raise money for charity, which is fine. I don't have a problem with charity. That's all great and it's all lovely. And then we flip over to uh, to Jonathan Ross's show. And Jonathan Ross had on Brian Ferry. Well, to say you could have taken Mogadons during the interview would be an understatement. I felt like I was on some sort of antidepressant to bring me right down. Because I'm watching this interview and it was like pulling teeth. Now, I appreciate that Brian Ferry is about 900 years old, you know, but he's, uh, he's working class... But he sort of elevated himself up through the peerage because he went to art school. His dad was mine at Down Pit. OK, so we get all of this kind of thing. And then all he talks about is the blondes he fancies. And I just keep thinking, you're just that dirty old man who ended up with his son's girlfriend. Do you remember? His son has a girlfriend. I forget which one it was. Otis, named after a lift company. Merlin, named after nobody in particular. And uh, and one of them was going out with this girl. And then the father saw the girl and he started going out with her. He's like 900 years old and she's like 25. Like huge age. And I thought, ooh, something a bit odd about that one. But uh, anyway, Merlin had a car crash and uh, the cars were write-offs and that was in December. Anyway, due to the NHS, because quite clearly you don't have private health care, it's, uh, it's all happening and it's all, all looking fantastic. But the interview was the most turgid interview I'd ever heard in my entire life. And we had to sit there and watch. And the other three guests on the couch had to sit there and say nothing, obviously bowing down to the fact that uh, this ageing Lothario was still living. To be honest with you, you know, Brian Ferry died out years ago. Oh, Aveline. He did all this kind of sort of... And in his early days of Roxy Music, it was blue eyeshadow and very odd outfits, most of which didn't seem to fit him. And then he sort of kind of turned into this sort of, you know, lounge lizard. A little bit icky. So I'm sort of watching it and I'm thinking, this interview's not going anywhere. So we talked about he went to Paris and, uh, and he met Salvador Dali. And so they put up a picture of Salvador Dali. And then they did a couple of other little bits and pieces. And then, and then Jonathan Ross, bearing in mind, this is like 900 years back. He said, so what did you ask? What did you talk to Salvador Dali about? What did you? It was at that moment I went, click. I'm sorry. What did you talk to him about? I mean, luckily, Brian Ferry, you know, went, uh, well, I can't remember. Mind you, he didn't look like he remember very much, actually, in his life. But it was very interesting. Not. So uh, I kind of lost that one. I mean, that's why Graham Norton storms it in the ratings. Absolutely storms it in the ratings. You know, wipes the floor with everybody else. Because he, he gets A, better guests. And, you know, I mean, even for Spagbol on Graham Norton, just to sit there with her creosoted legs. I mean, that was enough to keep people happy. And obviously there were a few of, uh, of uh, Cheryl's fans in. The audience, and then she had to remind us that she did, you know, something for Comic Relief, getting money off Simon Cowell. I phoned him and left a message, and he gave me twenty five thousand pound, and uh, all that was very exciting. And uh, and then, uh, and mentally, I'm afraid I switched off because whatever she talks about is drivel. I mean, she can't contribute to anybody's conversation. She can't sort of, she can't get herself into it. She's just a bit because po- you suddenly realise when you look at it, 
and the camera caught a brief moment on it when she looked like that hard-faced cow in the toilets in the nightclub. Remember years ago? I remember it so well, ladies and gentlemen, so well. Anyway, uh, we will find the uh, the woman. She's called Maddie. She eats 50,000 slices of bread a year. It's not that she wants to eat 50,000 slices of bread. It's how she makes a crust. Sorry. she uh, She's a bread taster. She tastes bread. So she doesn't actually swallow, I shouldn't think so. Oh, I don't know. Uh, David Walliams, pictured in the paper, puckering up with Russell Brand. Small wonder the wife's left home. I mean, she must wonder, what, has she got Arthur or Martha there? I mean, you know, he's not doing himself any favours. He really isn't. I mean, you know, she's going, you know, I want a man. But, of course, he does He does dress up as women in a lot of his shows. And he does, you know, come on to Simon Cowell, which became a bit tedious after a while. But when I watched this picture and I looked at it of him puckering up to Russell Brand, a rather peculiar, you know, a classic example of don't ever do drugs, kids. You'll end up like that. Your complete brain frazzled out. Uh, there's a 28-stone mum in the paper today. Well, I say she's in the paper. She takes up two pages. I'm too fat to work, she goes. Can't find anything that I can do. That's why you're fat, love. She's 28 stone. She's a single mother. There's a surprise. And uh, she's on benefits. Not for much longer. They've just cut it from 280 quid a week to 70. That weight will fall off, you love. I promise you. I really hope so. And um, the school who's expelled a top Premier League footballer star's son for stabbing 15 children with a blood test needle. It's the one that um, us diabetics use. And what it is, it's... Um, it looks like a pen. I was going to try and find what it looked like. It looks like a pen, and you take the top off, and inside there's a little tiny needle. You get a whole box of these little tiny needles, which you push in there, and the needle is, God, I mean, less than an eighth of an inch. Tiny, tiny, tiny needle. All it's designed to do is you, you put it, you prime it. In other words, it's, it's got a spring in it, and you pull the back of the pen out, and then you put the end of the pen onto your finger, and then you push the button and it shoots the needle down and you get a little... You push your finger together and you get a bit of blood out of it and that's what you put on the little thing to test your blood. And uh, all diabetics have got these kits. You can buy them in the chemist. They're not, they're not difficult to get hold of. They're dead cheap. Dead cheap. But, I mean, why a 14-year-old boy would have one who's not diabetic? I've got no idea. But uh, I use it all the time. They say he stabbed people. I mean, to be honest with you, I'd be very surprised if you'd actually... I mean, sometimes I've used it. I can't even get any blood out on the blooming thing. You, you can work out the depth of the needle... On the thing, but it's tiny. I mean, I promise you, it's so small. I don't know how to equate it in sort of size. Actually, it's about God. I mean, it's it's like the size of the top of a biro, just the bit that inks, not the bit underneath it. Just the t- it's small, tiny, tiny, tiny. So where he got it from, I've got no idea. And why he went round at the age of fourteen, stabbing all these kids, I've got no idea. But anyway, the school have expelled him. I want to know who it is. Don't you? I'm so keen to find out. Because, you know, there can't be many Premier League footballers who've got a 14-year-old son. Can there? Well, how many do you think? How many? You think there's loads? Well, who is it, then? Can we work it out this morning, who it is? I'm so keen. OK, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. You can probably work it out yourself. Because they sort of said here that uh, this is in a South East England school, an exclusive school. So you're narrowing it down. Well, do you think so? I mean, how many Premiership... Kids go to exclusive schools. Yeah, but I bet they don't. Because they can't string two words together. You're not premiership footballers like way eight and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but 700... I don't think that they'd understand what private education meant. I think they would... And also the kids tend to be... I mean, put it this way, he must be a bit thick if he's got one of these pens and he's been going around stabbing somebody. 
the school is a favourite with celebrities. Wow. Because now the, these kids have been... Sta- the boy whose dad is a trophy-winning star with one of the UK's most famous sides was expelled with another lad over the prank. He thinks that's a prank. Oh, God. That's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Because they then have to test them for HIV, hepatitis and other blood-related infections. A school source said, that'll be the secretary, oh, it's been dreadful, the whole school's very upset about it. As you can imagine, they'd be very upset about that. Uh, They apparently found this thing on a desk and then jabbed it into each other as a joke. What sort of, it's not a remedial school. Is this for for simpletons, this school? I don't really know, actually. This is a 14-year-old lad. A 14-year-old lad. It's very odd, isn't it, really? Anyway, quarter past four. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning is the parents of three teenage girls who ran off to join ISIS. We make it sound like a jolly, don't we? They've run off to join ISIS, the murdering psychopaths. Uh, they'll be giving evidence at the Home Affairs Select Committee today. Nick will be asking who's to blame. I don't think anybody's to blame. I don't, seriously, I don't think anybody's to blame. I can't quite work it out. Parents who don't understand what their children are doing... Because they didn't know what their children were doing. The school who didn't tell them that one of these girls had already run off to join ISIS ages ago. And um, and ISIS, as you know, are a bunch of perverts. So I should imagine the parents are quite worried. But there again, why don't they know what their children are doing? My mother knew where I was going. She knew what I was doing all the time. If I'd been saving up secretly to buy a plane ticket, you'd think somebody'd have a rough idea, wouldn't you? I don't think so. And so now we're going to be getting... I mean, I love Keith Vaz. You know, everybody's... Suffered. Oh, for goodness sake, honestly. It's ridiculous. We're going to make sure this never happens again. Oh, please. Please. Why are police forces across the UK losing registered sex offenders? 400 are missing. One in ten will reoffend. God. Emma Crosby, Channel 5's news presenter, will do the paper review today. And uh, that's all after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. So a week ago, we had these staggering news that uh, Katie, pick up a penguin, Price, uh, was going to renew her wedding vows to uh, to Kieran, the doormat, who went off and cheated with two of her best friends. The reason being, probably a darn sight better sex than with poor old Jordan, old slack Alice. I mean, good God, she was past her cell by years ago. So anyway, so he then cheats, they then, she, I forgive him, I'm going to monitor him, I'm going to give him lie detector tests, and we had all this baloney from the nastiest woman under the sun. And so then, you know, in an effort to try and rake some more money in, because she needs the money, she really needs the money, don't believe this baloney about 35 million quid sitting in the bank, she's as tight as a duck's bottom, she really is, even tighter. So they book this, far. she doesn't pay for anything, it's all, it's all contrad. The whole thing is just freebie all the way through. And uh, so they go to the wedding because she's now forgiven him. So she's on wedding number seven. And so we had the, the pictures in OK magazine. And to be honest with you, by God, she looked rough. And this was after three makeup attempts. Guests who were sitting there waited for three quarters of an hour. She was 45 minutes late. Well, after 10, I'd have got up and walked out. You must be really desperate to have your picture in OK magazine. You must be really, really desperate, you know, because, to be honest with you, three quarters of an hour late, and you end up looking that rough when you get there. Kieran looked like he hadn't had a shave. Apparently, a lot of people were muttering, you know, about uh, about how bad the food was. Because apparently, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was sausage and mash. But apparently, uh, there were also snidey remarks about the fact she's been married more times than Joan Collins, which, of course, is actually quite true. And um, let's face it, she renewed her vows to Peter Andre and Alex Reed six months before both those marriages came to an end. So, to be honest with you, she'll be looking for another wedding dress. All she wants them for is just to have a little bit of sex. And to be honest with you, she looks bored as anything on that one. For that, just uh, see my previous answer about the porno film she made with Dane Bowers. You want to see somebody who looks bored? That's the, that's the film to watch. And, uh, and so poor Kieran turns up, getting fatter by the day. 
with his little beard on. Apparently nobody's talking to anybody at all. And um, apparently some of his friends and family were also put out by the catering because uh, it was apparently Katie's celeb friends are on strict diets. What celeb friends? Keith Chegwin and Cammie Lee. Celeb friends? What celeb friends? Where are the celebs? Where are the big names? Where are the... Where's Kerry Coke Toner? Where is she? Where is the woman? Where are these people? Nowhere. Nowhere to be seen. And so people hardly spoke. And then at the end, apparently during the, uh, the dinner, Katie Price was on the phone to her agent sorting out some appearances. That's how committed she is. It's just a moneymaker. In the end, poor old... She, she disappeared off to bed in her onesie and started watching, I don't know, Murder, She Wrote or something. And he had to sit down in the bar by himself and then a couple of friends joined him. Sounds dreary, doesn't it, really? And this apparently is a glamorous lifestyle. You must get my book. So you want to be, I should have called it So You Don't Want to Be a Celebrity. It's selling bucket loads. I can't... Seriously, I mean, foils have got it. It's prominently placed front of shop... Prominently placed front of shops. I'm very happy with that. Amazon. God, we're racing away with Amazon. Thank you very much indeed. What it is, it's a, it's a guide to to celebrityism and why we're so obsessed with it. It's the it's the pitfalls, the whys, the wherefores, how they do it, how much money they make, and then all of a sudden it goes and they have to declare themselves bankrupt because they're all a bit dumb. They're all a bit stupid. I mean, the only way... That, I mean, Katie Price will have to get married again. You don't think she's going to be stuck with him for the rest of his life. She'll be getting rid of him very quickly. And then they all disappear into obscurity. The only person who hasn't is Peter Andre. We've still got Peter doing his little painting programme, which is very sweet, isn't it? Where Peter attempts to try and do some DIY, but he's not quite butch enough for it. I think he's better at pulling a cup of coffee. Uh, we've also got the, um, the story in the paper today, which you've heard on the news, about the police locking up the elderly in care crisis. So we'll come round to that one shortly. And children, if you praise them too much, they turn into arrogant adults. That kind of figures, doesn't it, really? Oh, you're marvellous. It's like, uh, you know, the parents of one of those girls who's gone missing. You know, the ISIS jolly. It's the way we seem to be portraying it, as opposed to you're going off to be with murdering psychopaths. I don't want to back in the country and stay out there as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't care less what happens to them. And uh, one, of the, one of the families going, you're beautiful. You've done nothing wrong. Come home. They don't like you. Don't you understand that? They don't like the families. They hate them. That's why they went there. Did you see them sobbing at the airport? No. Do you see them looking at pictures of their parents? No. You know, I love the way that one of the families turned up holding a teddy bear, if you please. What's that for? You think they're going to see it and go, we must go home. We must go home immediately. You think that now ISIS have got their hands on them. They're coming home anytime soon. I don't think so. I don't think so. Thank God Brian Ferry was on last, says Keith. I just about made it through the boring interview. Then he started to sing. Oh, dear. That's the trouble. They don't, do they? They don't sing. Uh, Robin Luton says, uh, Cheryl Spagbol may be a bit nasty, but uh, I certainly would. Oh, you and the rest of the country, I should imagine. Just, you know, just don't let her talk. Because that's when she just, she doesn't contribute, she doesn't say anything. She really, I, I shouldn't imagine, I mean, I'd love to quiz her on Einstein's theory of relativity and stuff like that. You know, and sort of the, uh, the state of the universe, because I don't think she'd get very far. I don't think she'd get very far. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Andrew in Streatham says the Apple Watch will be a flop. No, it won't. It's going to be... It, well, listen, the advanced orders alone will shove it right out. Whether or not everybody likes it is neither here nor there, as you know. You see, he only likes Samsung products. Well, of course, I wouldn't touch Samsung with a barge pole. Who wants Samsung? No, thank you. I want Apple. And that's why you're always going to get this this dichotomy. You're going to get people who say, oh, I just love this, I love that. People who, you know, knock Apple, don't like Apple products. Well, that's fine, don't buy them. They couldn't care less, they're outselling everybody. 
you know, they're so, so successful, they don't need to worry about it. You know, Samsung can sit there and offer a, a free sort of, you know, I don't know, a free Burger King every time you turn the thing on. It's never going to sell. It's never going to sell. You know, and people say, oh, it's a real waste of money. Well, don't buy it then. Nobody cares. You think Apple are going to go, oh, if nobody's buying it, they're not making it. Of course they're not. Of course they're not. Hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, I, I just love people who sort of argue about it. And then they're going on the battery life. Well, pff, get over yourself. Don't buy it then. Try and be adult. Try and be big grown-up person and go, I don't want to buy it. But if you tell everybody, everybody just thinks you're a prat. Nobody cares whether you're going to buy it or not. I don't go around thinking, oh, I wonder if friends of mine are going to buy that or, or buy this. Like somebody going into, um, you know, um, you know, <laughs> like going into a greengrocer and going, well, I'm not buying those at that price. Well, don't buy them. Don't buy them. <laughs> you know, that's what always makes me makes me laugh about things. <laughs> you know, people make such a big deal about it. It's like I've, I read a review this morning, ever so funny, on Amazon for my book. And um, it's by some old bint in Birmingham who's writing under a woman's name, but I know is actually a fella. And I know he's called Adrian. And, uh, and so he writes under a woman's name because he's a bit... He hasn't got all his brain cells there. And there's another one who wrote on it. We absolutely wet ourselves laughing this morning. Because the more people write about it, the more people want to read it. And quite clearly, the people who've written the bad reviews have not read it. Because it's get fantastic reviews everywhere. And it's, it's outselling all the competitors. So uh, we're very pleased about that. But somebody wrote and said, I found it in my local pound shop. No, you didn't. Why'd you tell lies? You're the sort of person, aren't you, who runs over a cat. And they go, want me? Want me? These people are people who are generally known to the police. You know, and that's that's what I always like about them. Makes me laugh. Uh, 84850, uh One here from... Oh, sorry, wait a minute. So many things I've got to do on this programme this morning. I don't know where I'm, I'm getting round to... Wait a minute, turn that off. That's right, turn that on. And then there. And uh, one that says, I'm wide awake so early, having slept so much, I've been having the spinal injections in my arthritic pelvic joint yesterday, says Diana. Knock me out. I yelped like a baby at the pain from the nine or so injections. I wasn't brave at all. I'm afraid, but great result. Pain free. And I'll be hopping and skipping around Twickenham's pound lad any time soon. If you find my book in there, just buy me a thousand copies. Because, uh, frankly, that's, that's a real good bargain. But, of course, it's not on sale because these people have got screws loose. But uh, we did laugh this morning at them. And then we pitied them. <laughs> We pitied this old woman, who's not a woman at all, in Birmingham. And I suddenly remembered who, who, he, who he was, because he was banned from LBC ages ago. We just put them into the sin bin and they disappear. They, they, they can write, you know, forever and a day, but they never get, uh, never get read, unfortunately, because I've, uh, I've, uh, I've stuck them in the sin bin. Uh, other stories, which I found in Now magazine. Um, lots of people and their makeup secrets, and also Michelle Keegan's wedding. God, tell you, this is going to be the third-rate NAF event of the year, isn't it? It's going to be half of the Only Wears Essex looking for all the world like they're about to go hooking on the Reaper Barn. Then there's going to be a few other people, and it's going to be a little bit dreary. But just remember, it'll be a wedding organised by a magazine, so don't ever think that when they sort of say, oh, we've organised this wedding, it's a load of cobblers. OK, organise everything. If you do an OK wedding, they vet the guest list, they do everything. And you get more money the more pages you can fill up with celebrities. That's why poor old, um, I've forgotten her name already, Jordan, she didn't really have any celebrities. She, you know, Keith Chegwin and Cammy Lee, people she then just met. That's how, that's how fickle she is. That's why she gets rid of people. You watch, years' time, Kieran Haler will be pushing up daisies somewhere. When I say push, it, he'll be gardening. 
That's what he'll have to do. There'll be nothing left for him. He can't get back to stripping. Everybody laughs at him. And his plastering wasn't much to talk about. And now they go, oh, he, he's going to be a fitness instructor. Have you seen him? Fat, bloated old pig. There's no chance of anything happening there. It's 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Proof, if, proof were needed that Yvette Fielding is operating in this building at the moment. So haunted, the hooded wonder. Looks like an old bat herself. Apparently the computer's having a bit of a mare of a day today. Nothing we can do about it. It just sort of takes over. It's obviously a message, isn't it, from beyond. It's a message coming in from somewhere going, you must watch So Haunted. Ooh, apparently the place where Michelle Keegan's getting married is haunted. That'll only add to the interest, I should imagine. Dale's listening to the programme. And Joey said, to be fair... Ollie asked people whether they buy a smartwatch or not. Forgive me for being somewhat cynical. Who cares? So the answer is, would you buy a smartwatch? Yes or no? No. But who cares? Who cares? It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter, actually. Uh, Joey also wants to know whether or not Kieran's old enough to shave. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't possibly answer that. I've never actually seen him uh, sort of clean-shaven. I suppose that would make him more attractive, wouldn't it, to people? I just can't wait to see this week's OK magazine because we're going to see the guests. You know, that, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Who, who out of her little circle of friends, and it is a tiny circle of friends, is actually going to be in the, in the wedding pictures? Who's going to be there? You don't think old, uh, old Vanessa Fultz is going to turn up again, do you? She turned up to the last time, but mind you, she'd go anywhere for a free fridge meal. She's quite happy with things like that. What, what is the food? Oh, I'll be there. She go, I think she takes a doggy bag. I think, to be honest, she takes a suitcase, but that's another thing. Um, Danny's been sitting um, for 30 minutes with windows. He said, thank God for early breakfast on LBC. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Although I did think my life was collapsing a moment ago when the computer started playing silly beggars. Uh, Les in Luton says you should ditch your iPhone and try Samsung. Why? Why on earth would I want to ditch the most successful brand in the entire world to go for a third rater? That's like saying ditch the Bentley and drive a, a Cinquecento. Equally, mind you, he is in Luton, as we know. Luton is the place they can't afford iPhones. They have to buy Samsungs. Because there's a lot of them up there, as they say. And uh, another one here. Uh, Damien says, I hope they'll ban the passports of those three girls who went to support terrorism. I don't want them in the, in the country. No, nobody wants them back here. I couldn't, the only people who want them back here are the parents. But to be honest with you, they're so radicalised now. If they seriously... You know, I mean, you can't explain it any clearer than this. So there they are in a supposedly a loving family. Obviously not, because they've been tempted by some witch on the internet to go there and support a group of people who murder for no reason other than they're psychopathic killers. And they treat women so badly. And they think that's an option, do they? They must be really, really thick. So deviously, deviously... And you only had to see it in their faces to realise how devious they were. They all club together. Ooh, secret squirrels. And they, and they get the money from somewhere. Where in God knows you get that sort of money to buy a flight from. And they get it and they pack their little suitcases and they sneak out of the house. Stick two fingers up to the parents. and the, They couldn't care less. They're not interested. They're not interested. I'm sure the parents are terribly, terribly worried. But frankly, you'd think if they knew anything about their children, there would have been warning signs. Do you not think so? You know, there'd be something. Something, somewhere, perhaps some of their school friends who might have known about their secret plans might have gone to the parents and gone, listen, we, you know, we think you should have a word with them. But I, I get the feeling the parents probably sit downstairs, head in the clouds, no idea what's going on half the time. And so now, I mean, I'm beginning to wonder when the next thing round the, the corner is we want compensation. Do the parents work? Are they on benefits? How does it, I mean, what's happening? What's happening? 
Because believe you me, once these girls were in the clutches of ISIS, it ain't all the picnic, let me tell you. As I said yesterday, if they think they're going to be sort of faffing around the house, tidying up, because we hate the West and we do this. Oh, is McDonald's open yet? Here's our mobile phone. They hate the West that much. You know, these people are simpletons. 14-year-olds who think they know. But of course they don't. They know nothing at all. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. We shall weave it all in this morning. Why? Because I'm feeling in that kind of... I'm feeling in a very benevolent mood. I like being in a benevolent mood in the morning because there's so much in the newspapers that uh, that you go through and there is uh, and there are so many stories that you think, I don't really know where we go with this story. I know that every other presenter thinks exactly the same, but believe you me, at four o'clock in the morning, you know, when I look at the front of the mirror... And they talk about another six more dogs were poisoned. Crufts, to be fair, have said they're not totally convinced by that story. Um, And uh, so we don't know. But there again, this would have to be an animal hater. It isn't somebody who doesn't like crufts. It's somebody who's got a mental illness. It's a slug killer. Now, we've had this before. And I remember, I'm trying to think in the back of my mind where it came from. It was a village. It was a village, and cats were being poisoned. Do you remember the story? Cats were being poisoned in this village. And people were coming home and discovering. And it turned out it was some bloke who lived in the village who was the one who was going, oh, we should definitely stop this. It was him. He was the one with the screws loose. You know, like that woman who sent all the hate mail to the McCanns and then took her own life because, you know, they're going, oh, she was a good Christian woman. Quite clearly she wasn't. The woman who picked up the cat who worked for the Royal Bank of Scotland and threw it in a wheelie bin. The thing could have been crushed to death. She was evil too. There's these mentally ill people out there and we're not looking after them. We need to try and sort them out. So somebody seriously puts down a slug killer. Dogs will eat it, you know, for it's put into a piece of meat or something like that. And one dog dies, depending on what, what the sort of dog is, I suppose. I'm slightly perturbed by the story that we did the other day of the mountain road crash that killed four people. And the lad who survived is pictured in the paper smiling in his hospital gown with his thumbs up. And I'm thinking... Should you really be pictured with your thumbs up smiling when three of your friends were killed? Is, is that the kind of picture I want to see? I don't think so. I just, I looked at it and I felt slightly disturbed by it. He says, my pal just lost control on a bend, we weren't racing. And so he's there smiling, yeah, yeah, like that. I'm thinking, but three of your friends died in it, should you not show a little bit more respect? Perhaps I've missed the point, perhaps I've missed the point. I don't know. Uh, so here is the uh, the uh, the Appy Hour, the new Apple Watch. Keeps you healthy, pays the bills, takes phone calls. Uh, priced about 299 quid. There's about three different versions. One comes in gold. I think I'll order ten of those. quite like the idea of it. A gold one, which is good. And uh, you can draw a simple sketch, have it appear on a friend's... See, what you're buying here is you're buying technology. You're buying, te- you're buying the fact that it was only a few years ago when, you know cordless telephones came about and people were buying them for home use. They became commercially available. And uh, because they weren't digital, you'd have to say, Mum, stop moving about. All like that, all over the place. My mother, he was hopeless with it. You know, you have to pull the aerial out and it was quite a big, hefty thing. Now I've got a phone here that I'm holding in my hand that holds 6,000 pieces of music. I can phone around the world. I could do anything with this phone. I can send text messages, photos. I could do all sorts of things. I can send rude photos. I've never taken a rude photo in my life, so I don't think it's very likely any time soon we're going to be sending anything like that. But that's what I can do. That's why it's moved on. That's why it's moved on. You can make and receive phone calls. It tells you to exercise more. lets you check in at the airport. I mean, it does all sorts of things. And it's, it's technology. You're buying 
somebody's idea, somebody who put this together, it doesn't matter whether it's a small screen. I bought a Sinclair Microvision. That was the first television which had a one-inch screen. You couldn't see anything on it, but it was the fact it was technology. It was quite a long sort of thing as well. I had one of the first mobile telephones. It was like a field telephone. It came with a handset. You could put it on the seat next to you and you took the handset off and went, hello. Cost up, cost me 1,500 quid. 1,500 pounds. Very interesting. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And um, another one says, Linda says, you've just played the travel with the ads playing in the back. No, no, don't, not on this station. No, no. <laughs> uh, Albert says, smartwatch, let's see it get itself out the box. Yeah, I suppose that, that would be the one, wouldn't it? That would be the one. But um, we don't buy iPhones because even if I wore a Timex, somebody would chop your arm for it in wonderful Luton, says Rob. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, listen, people have got their own thing. How many watches have I got? I've got uh, six watches. I've got uh, the watch that I wear all the time, which is a Raymond Vile watch, which I bought ages and ages ago. And it cost me... I can't remember what it cost me, actually, now. But it's, it's still roughly the same sort of price, I think. About £800. And uh, I've got my father's watch... And I've got some uh, some very smart watches, some very smart watches. But I always wear the same watch every day. Always wear the same watch. Always. I've, I'm, I'm in a routine. I get in and I take the watch off. Funny that, isn't it? Every so often, because you have to send them away to get them cleaned and uh, and make them look really nice. And it's amazing how many people say, I've never noticed your watch before. Nick Ferrari's big watch fan. He likes, I think he likes Breitling watches. And I've had a look at those, but I'm not really a watch person. I'm not really the sort of person that, that worries about things like that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it tells the time. But I spend most of my time looking at the phone because it tells me the time at the front. <laughs> Bad, isn't it, really? And uh, Tony says at Westgate, could the new Apple Watch do the pips on the hour? Do you know, it'd be funny if it could, wouldn't it? Beep, beep, beep. You could, I see no reason why it shouldn't. <laughs> I see no reason why it shouldn't. It'd be funny if it did, wouldn't it? And we're all going, oh, right, oh, it really can, actually. <laughs> oh, dear, I love stuff like that. I love things like that. It just makes me smile, actually, this time of the morning. And there's so little in the papers that makes you smile. So little in the papers. And uh, 84850, uh, another one here. This is from, 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 and uh, Susan. She says, uh, she's in Buckinghamshire, poor soul, but somebody's got to be at this time of the morning. I just got up to take my mum to the loo. She's got Alzheimer's and I can't get back to sleep because I can't start, because I can't stop laughing. We used to take my, my grandmother and uh, she used to come and stay with us years and years ago. And uh, we had a cat at the time that, um, that used to break wind and it would do it behind the chair my grandmother used to sit in. It was, I mean, to be honest with you, I laugh about it now. At the time, we didn't think it was so funny. My grandmother cardinal thought it was funny at all. So you'd be sitting there. All of a sudden, the cat would sort of go, go behind the chair and uh, and it would break wind. And we'd go, Nan, do you want to go to the toilet? And she'd go, what? we go, do you want to go to the toilet? And so we'd take her upstairs. And so this poor woman had been taken to the toilet. She never wanted to go to the toilet at all. It took us about a year to work out it was the cat that was doing it. So uh, we laugh about it today in a strange way. Uh, ages since I've uh, emailed you. I listen every morning, says Karen. That's what I like to hear. You see, listen, don't feel you have to send an email every single morning. I know you're there because when I see the audience figures and every time they go up, I mean, it's just it's a bit of an embarrassment for other programmes. So I try not to mention it too often. Because otherwise people go, well, how can we get as big an audience as Steve Allen on LBC? And I go, well, you have to join LBC because it's never going to happen otherwise. Uh, Ian Highland, we'll have a look at his column in a moment. And um, 
poor old Matthew writes, he's, he's grown a little beard now, which means he must dye his hair because the beard's come through as grey. So perhaps he puts a rinse through his hair, but he's still there. I think it's got a zero audience for that programme. And yeah, I think it's quite clever. I'm just a bit bored with some of the panellists. I only like it when Biggins is on there. And, uh, and people like that. And Katie Hopkins, of course. Somebody wrote a review of my book saying, you know, he couldn't remember whether he'd, um, whether he'd put Katie Hopkins in. There's so many celebrities in my book. So you want to be a celebrity. I can't remember everybody at all, because I never mentioned Katie Hopkins until she became my new best friend with Susanna Reid. So, uh, so that's the way it works. I love it when we wind people up. You used to hate Katie Hopkins and Susanna Reid. Yeah, yeah. Well, pfft, to you. Who cares? 14 to 5. Steve Allen on LBC. Everybody, Alex says, I love you, Steve. There you go. Of course, I mean, that's par for the course, isn't it? Who's the richest dragon? Who is the richest dragon? Uh, I can tell you it's Peter Jones. Peter Jones is streets ahead of everybody. In fact, uh, two of them don't even feature in the Sunday Times rich list. They reckon he's got around £475 million. But, I mean, you can't take it with you. He's already said the kids are not going to get it unless they start working. He's 222nd on the Sunday Times rich list, which gives you an idea. Yeah, I mean, I'll be more than happy to take the money. £475 million. But uh, he's actually dropped out of the top 100 this year, despite that bank account. But uh, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because he could drop dead tomorrow. It's not going to make any difference to him. Next in line is Duncan Bannatyne, who's uh, got a total wealth of £175 million. Deborah Meaden, way down, £40 million. Get more than that on the Euro millions, dear. And who doesn't feature... Kelly Hoppen and Piers Linney, they don't even feature at all. Mainly because I don't think they've got any money, but they put these people on the television. But he's got £475 million. But, you know, as I say, it's very nice, but what, what on earth are you going to do with it? Catherine in Qatar says, I'm fuming, fuming, that these parents are being given any opportunity to question MPs. As if MPs have got any say in what happens to their children. She says social services ought to be questioning them. They failed in their duty to protect their children. My belief is that because they were girls, they didn't have the significance within the family. Sadly, it's the boys who get all the glory. They sought acceptance elsewhere and were prime targets for ISIS groomers. Yeah, I mean, no love at home. They'd be skivvies. They'd be skivvies. That's what they'd be there. Be there to clean and cook and do everything else. So for those girls, that's all they've got. So, in fact, the moment somebody offers them a better lifestyle, they're going to be out like a flash. Because the only person there is boys, isn't it? And they're going to be questioning MPs. Questioning MPs about what? I mean, really? You know, I think... I, I, I'm, I'm with Catherine in Qatar. Qatar. You know, I mean, why hasn't social services got involved? You know, it's just... It's absolutely ridiculous. People are so willing nowadays, aren't they, to blame somebody else. They're always willing to go, oh, of course, it was somebody else's fault, as opposed to going, no, it's your fault. It's your fault. And, of course, nobody's brave enough to stand up to them and say, it's your fault. I'm not, I'm not scared of them. I'm telling you, there's a reason why kids leave home. They're not happy. And to be honest with you, I should imagine each of these girls felt exactly the same. If there's a brother in the family, the brother gets the best things. The girls get nothing. Nothing at all. Treated like skivvies, as I say, worse than third-class citizens. And that's exactly how ISIS will treat these girls. They're just, they're cannon fodder. They would have no hesitation in killing them. wouldn't make any difference at all to them. Why would it make a difference? They've killed children before. They've killed girls. They've killed women. They don't care. If these girls have gone over there at the age of 16, more fool them. More fool them. But what they think MPs can do, I've got no... And Keith Vaz. Keith Vaz goes, oh, you know, and we're going to make sure this never happens again. How are you going to do that, Mr Vaz? How is this going to be possible? 
Are you going to start educating parents on how to talk to their children, how to look after their children, how to make sure their children talk to them? Never happen, matey. Never happen in a million years. You will always get people, if they want to leave home, they'll leave home. And nothing you or a bunch of other has-beens in the House of Lords and House of Commons say will do anything at all. Won't make any difference. If a kid's going to leave home and run away from home, they're going to run away from home. Nothing. They take any, listen, they don't take any notice of their parents. Why would they worry about what you say? We're going to make it more difficult. Forget we're going to make... Oh, grow up, for goodness sake. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. June says, um, my beautiful uh, torty cat, Kiri, named after the opera singer, um, was killed as a result of a neighbour putting down poisoned meat. Day one seemed a bit lethargic. Day two wouldn't eat, so after the vets. Day three, test results back. Day four, died. You know, that's what happens. And you do get people who are... You know, I've I've heard of stories in the papers. You must have heard them as well, ladies and gentlemen, where somebody's got a lovely garden and they're they're objecting to next door's cat coming over there and digging up plants or doing whatever. A lot of the time, it's foxes. A lot of the time, it's foxes. I scared one in the car park this morning. I thought, well, again, about the third time, I, I went shoo, and the thing rocketed out of the car park. If I had a gun, I would have taken it out. I would have done. Not a very caring thing. I I agree. But eight four eight five zero, Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. Uh, another one. I'm trying to get through as many things as uh, as possible this morning. And uh, Manuel and Lorraine. Yes, you could possibly. Be right. I mean, I don't seriously. I mean, in my heart of hearts, these three girls. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know them. I don't care about them. I'm really not remotely interested, you know, in in how parents bring up their children. But I do know in those sort of families that that girl and each of those girls, if they've got brothers, which they probably have, they won't be treated as an equal. It's as simple as that. Women are second-class citizens. Go to Syria, find out for yourself. You can see exactly how women are treated. You know, it's... <laughs> you don't want to go there. OK, we don't go. I'm just sort of saying, you know, if you wanted to go, go there. And you can see how badly women are treated. And so these three naive girls go over there. They're going to be treated very, very, very badly. You think they're going to be allowed to see each other? They're going to be split up. At the moment, they're in a house. But very shortly, they'll be allocated to some bloke who goes, I'll have that one. And that's how it'll work. You know, sad though it might appear, you know, either they didn't check these things or they were too naive or stupid. I don't know. Uh, 84850. Maria says, why are the people who join these terrorists excused on the ground of radicalisation? They've got a brain. They could say no, like the rest of us. Yeah, but the trouble is, I mean, I don't understand the radicalisation either. I'm as intrigued as the next person. How you can seriously, over the internet, change somebody and sort of go, you need to go over there because what they're doing, murdering people and beheading people, innocent people, is apparently OK. Under the guise of, uh, of being, uh, uh, sort of under the auspices of Islam, which of course is a load of old cobblers. It really is. It's, it's just ridiculous. But they obviously believed it, so they must be simpletons. They must be simple. Do you think they ever discussed this with their parents? Do you think these girls ever sat down and started talking about ISIS and saying, isn't this absolutely dreadful? Or, you know, we think this is wonderful. We thought we'd nip over there for a holiday and then we'll pop back and come and see you later in the year. And then we can sort of get our school friends involved as well, because that's how it works, isn't it? It's like pyramid selling. You start with one, then you get three. And you see them at the bus station. They arrive over there. They will get- they're not scared. They're not frightened of anything at all. Because they've been so radicalised, they've been so marginalised into thinking this one train of thought, which is anti the West, anti the West. You know, and they could turn into murderers, they could turn into anything. Either way, I don't want them back in this country. I couldn't care less what Keith Vaz says or anybody else. And if the parents don't like it, let them go and live in Syria with them. They can all live there together. 
84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Les says payday today. Really? Odd day to have payday. Very odd day to have. Why would you have payday on a day like this? Day like this. Wasn't yesterday cold? <laughs> Blimey. Halfway through the day, I thought, I'm putting the heating on. I'm definitely putting the heating on. It's definitely got too cold for me. And it had. The temperature had plummeted, and I was totally convinced it was going to be a, a lovely, lovely day. And it turned out to be a very overcast day and a little bit miserable. So I shall give you the weather in a, a second. Well, actually, I can give you the weather in a, in a moment, actually, and tell you exactly what it's going to be, although I'm, I take it all with a pinch of salt. Mostly fine, hazy sunshine. Uh, I see it's another high of 11 degrees, which is what they reckon it got to yesterday. I thought it was about 4 degrees. I don't think it was going to go any higher than that. And they say cloud developing in the west. All parts will stay dry with hazy sunshine. The wind light. And tonight, clear, dry, frost in places. There you go, frost. Frost in places and a southerly breeze developing by dawn. And then Wednesday, clear start, southerly breeze, patchy light rain affecting western parts later on. Thursday, fine and cold, cloudy with periods of rain, drier and brighter on uh, later on on Friday. Saturday, fine and dry with light winds. So today you should be OK. Hazy sunshine, the wind lights. But I'm blimey, I'll get cold. Now I'll get cold. Uh, Debbie says, did the girls buy single or return tickets? Single. They bought single tickets. So, but to be honest with you, the the checks are people leaving the country. But there again, you know, if Keith Vaz goes, oh, we're going to make sure this never happens again, which, of course, is, you know, whatever he wants to hear. But if, if somebody's harbouring these thoughts, I don't want them in the country. I'm glad they're out of it. You know, so in other words, you radicalise somebody and you sort of, you know, and then and they can't get out of the country. So they start doing things over here. No, I don't want that either, I'm afraid. I don't want anything like that. I really don't. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Ian Highland talks about um, uh, Top Gear. Top Gear. And um, <laughs> he says, what did I watch, watch on Sunday night? A bunch of shaggy-haired rascals performing all manner of stupid stunts as their masters looked on nervously, hoping they wouldn't step out of line. Not Crufts, Top Gear. Sadly, one of the participants was fatally poisoned over the weekend at Crufts. Obviously, I'm incredibly relieved to report that's where the comparison with Top Gear ends. Jeremy Clarkson wins this week's Pots and Kettle Award for poking fun at Eamon Holmes's weight. <laughs> he says, that said, I do accept Jeremy may not be aware of his own weight problem, but only on account of him not being able to see the reading on the scales when he steps on them. Everybody talks about Eamon Holmes's weight problem, don't they? I don't think he sees it as a weight problem, and I don't think Ruth has complained. We've done all the gags before, so I don't think we'll bother doing them again. And um, what else did we talk about? Jonathan Ross, uh, the programme, and uh, and Comic Relief Bake Off. Hilarious. Hilarious. It had somebody called Chris Moyles on there, who let Mary down very badly in the crumpet-making challenge, though he only gave nine, despite Mary issuing a clear demand for 12 crumpets. So there you go. Not so good, I'm afraid. Honestly, if he tries to pull that kind of stuff in the kitchen, I shudder to think what it's like when he comes to doing his tax returns. Anyway, looking at the uh, the stories in the papers for today, these are the headlines which you're waking up to. The cost of a holiday is plummeting. Police are locking up the elderly in the care crisis. Did the Crufts poisoner target six dogs? Or are people just making things up? 641 people killed. But believe it or not, 2014 was the safest year for flying. The £300 Apple Watch that does almost everything, but will it sell? The calculator that warns you when you're going to have a heart attack. The smirking thug who battered a 79-year-old waves as he's set free from court. We name and shame. Oh, and the fat bird who can't work because she's too fat. So they've cut her benefits. It's LBC.
This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, a very nice heavy company. It's Tuesday, the 10th of March. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. You're very welcome. Amazing how many of you writing in saying, if the family of the three girls who are in Syria are so concerned, why don't they get on a flight and go over there and sort of put up pictures? Have you seen our girls? To go and have a chat to them over there. As opposed to bleating on to MPs. I don't know what they think the MPs are going to be able to do. Did Crufts poison a target six dogs? Not totally convinced by that. Um, the son who has assaulted his parents over his lunch money. They didn't give him enough lunch money. So tell you about that one. Uh, the benefits cut for the 28 stone mum. Oh, I'm too fat to work. I can't find anything. So for eight years, she's not worked. So they've cut her benefits. Fantastic. I want to see more of that. More of that. The school who's expelled a trop. Premier League uh, star's son for stabbing 15 children with a blood test needle, which diabetics uh, use all the time. And the TV host who cut off the cleric, who told her to shut up. I watched it. Uh, it's on the LBC website. And uh, and I did I did watch the clip yesterday. What a horrible man. What a vile man. It goes to prove that there are certain people, they don't like women. They don't like women. And this particular man, he was he said, I don't want to talk to you. You know, you, you don't you don't come up to my expectations. Oh, it was awful. Um, so there's a, a couple in the paper today. Might have a good story. Rebecca Dennis and Chris Ben. They're holding hands, but they're not actually married, and they're apparently living together. And uh, not that I'm making any moral, you know, morals on this program. They bought their house for a pound, and uh, they say it was Britain's. It's a, it's a little terrace. It's a sort of one up, two down. I should imagine, or two up, one down. And they paid a pound for it. They got it for a pound because it was it was falling apart, and um, so they've got it for the price of two first class stamps. They've uh, they spent a bit of money. They've had it all sort of done up. Uh, the council in Stoke on Trent. I'm sorry, it's not London. I wish I could tell you it was London and you could buy a house here, which is uh, fantastic, but you can't. Uh, it's worth sixty grand now. Their house is that good, sixty thousand pounds. So she took on uh, an extra job because they've got a thirty thousand pound loan to renovate the house. But they had to have a household income of 25 grand. And between them, they didn't. So now they have. It's good, isn't it? Very good. And then there is a little flat in Poland Street in Mayfair. Came up for rent the other day. It's 301 square feet. And uh, it's only one bedroom, but it's in Mayfair. And the person who wanted it offered £10,000 ahead of everybody else. And so he, he secured it. Within 40 minutes, it had been let. 200 people went on the books to try and get hold of it. The uh, the letting agent said it was an extraordinary deal. In other words, if you've got money sitting in your bank account and you go, I want that. A friend of mine bought a house um, in a very posh part of London. And there were two of them. And the woman, who also saw the house, said to him, listen, I really want to live here because it's near to my kids' schools. I'll give you £50,000 if you let me buy the house and... 50,000, I know, I couldn't believe it either. And I said, obviously, because I was sitting in the house at the time, so I said, obviously, you didn't take it. He said, no. I said, why? He said, because I wanted to live here. I said, but she'd offered £50,000. £50,000 cash for you to go, listen, I'll tell you what, you can buy it. 50000 and he turned it down. I'm obviously sort of in the wrong business. Nobody's ever offered me £50,000. Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, what's this here? Furious viewers have criticised the BBC for bringing a lesbian relationship to an end in the period drama Call the Midwife. Oh, right. 
Apparently, they'd only just set up home together and a car ran her over, one of them. So that's, a, that's about it, isn't it? So, and th- th- there's sort of saying the BBC's anti-lesbian. Really? Have you been there recently? I don't think they're anti-lesbian at all. Very odd. It can be anti-lesbian on sort of shows like that. I never saw Call the Midwife. It didn't, uh, obviously wasn't my sort of show at all. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, Helen says, I have a bright yellow 1970s Snoopy tennis watch my mum bought me from New York. The second hand is a green tennis ball. Still can't figure it out as the ball appears to go round unattached. Clever, isn't it? Fascinating and low-tech. I once got shouted at by a nun for staring at in class. Oh, what, staring at the what? Oh, right. How interesting, actually. Interesting is that the people have got sort of watches that they like. And, and favourite... I mean, I always wear the same watch every day. I mean, it's, it's a particularly... I think it's quite an expensive watch. But I'd never have anything like a Rolex. I, w- I wouldn't be remotely interested in anything that costs that much money. I'd be too frightened to wear it. Too frightened, because people notice your, uh, your watches. Uh, cold over there... I emailed you yesterday, says Dean, as I was enjoying your show on the internet. He says, I do love London, my hometown of Selsden, but I like my weather and my blue skies because he's in California, which is, uh, which is lovely. And uh, the temperature over there is really lovely. He says, you're my evening entertainment on TuneIn Radio. He says, uh, did you ever work with Jeremy Beadle or Tommy Boyd? Of course I did. Heavens above, I worked with both of them. I worked with both of them. In fact, I spoke to, uh, to Jeremy literally about a month before he died. That was the odd thing. We, we used to... Because Jeremy loved magic. Loved magic. And uh, another one here. Tom says, knowing how you love the blue badge holders. No, I hate the people who, who use them fraudulently. You know, the people who get out of the car and skip across the road. You know, the whole idea of a blue badge is for people who can barely walk. That's what it's supposed to be based on. You know, and if you don't have the person who owns the blue badge in the car and you're using it, that's fraud. OK, but apparently... Uh, our council, says Tom, I don't know which, which council it is, has written to people saying, as the disabled, as of next month, they're going to be charged 80 quid a year to c- cover the cost of maintaining and monitoring disabled parking bays. I think that's fine. I mean, see, what I don't understand is why, why disabled people uh, sort of get it for free. Why, why should you get it for free? What's the point of that? You know, not all disabled people are poor. They're exactly the same as anybody else. They might just have a disability. It doesn't, doesn't stop them paying for things. I see no reason why, why people shouldn't shouldn't have to pay to park nearer. You know, that's just my opinion. If you don't agree with me, fair enough. I did say the uh, the clip that's on the LBC website of the TV host cutting off the cleric who told her to shut up. He was a rather rude little man. This is, um, it was an interview. Uh, a London-based Islamist scholar who told a TV host it was beneath him to be interviewed by a woman has been supported by the charity Cage. Luckily, they've had two of their important bits of funding cut completely. This is ever since Cage Research Director Asim Qureshi said earlier this month that the uh, the killer, Mohammed Emwazi, known as Jihadi John, was an extremely kind and gentle man. I mean, quite clearly, he's now got all his eggs in one basket. But anyway... Hani El Sabi had his interview with the Lebanese presenter Rima Karaki cut short when she stopped him giving a long-winded history lesson on Christians joining Islam. I have to be honest, it was the most tediously boring thing I'd ever seen. He was tediously boring. Anyway, the row on the Lebanese channel Al Jadi TV ended with Miss Karaki telling him either there is a mutual respect or the conversation is over. Al-Sabi claimed asylum in Britain in 94, saying he'd been tortured by Egyptian security forces because he worked as a lawyer for the Muslim Brotherhood. In an interview on Cage's website from June 2006, Egyptian lawyer 
Uh, Munasir al-Zayat, an expert on Islamic group, praises al-Sabi's purity and refinement. Uh, the amount of people who are claiming asylum here, it's hilarious, isn't it? Didn't we have uh, Jihadi John's father claiming asylum because he was going to be tortured in Kuwait? And uh, there he is back in Kuwait. Very strange, very strange. Uh, a drug dealer who suffered life-threatening injuries in a head-on car crash while carrying cannabis has won his appeal court battle for the government to pay him damages. Father of four, Sean Delaney, is in line to receive several hundred thousand pounds because the government was in serious breach of European community law concerning motor insurance. They've also got to pay his legal costs of 138 grand. Three senior judges unanimously rejected the government's appeal against a high court ruling last year. It's absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? You can have a convicted drug dealer and uh, we end up paying money. I don't know. I don't know. Why Madonna can't date a man her age? She's a cougar because older men can't keep up. Yeah, but they don't last with her, do they? Because I should imagine going out with Madonna must be quite tedious. Quite tedious. Uh, Katie Perry. Interesting. Ed Sheeran was probably hoping something had been lost in translation when he shared one brutally harsh backhanded compliment from a Korean fan. He bravely posted the handwritten letter received during the last leg of his world tour on his Instagram account. The note which accompanied the gift of a T-shirt read to Ed Sheeran, my great singer, I hope you love the shirt. Reading on must have been a bit harder to take when it continued, you are a little ugly, but I love you. <laughs> Please wear this shirt and get some 2015 concert tour from Li Zhang in your fan. But anyway, uh, because, I mean, let's face it, Ed Sheeran is not a looker. I mean, there's no... I mean, no, I'm not, be I'm not being... It's not me being rude or anything like that. Yeah, gingers. Phew, wouldn't trust them like that, ladies and gentlemen. Gingers. Ginger beers. That's what they like. Ginger people. Imagine. But the trouble is, he isn't great looking. You know, I don't think it's anything to do with being ginger or strawberry blonde, as my friend calls it. I think strawberry blonde sounds much nicer. <laughs> ginger. But anyway, so he says, you are a little ugly. Not funny. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, we're all a little ugly. We're all a little ugly. I don't have any problem with it at all. Listen, I was never a looker. Never likely to be a looker. Doesn't make any difference. I couldn't care less. I think beauty comes from within, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm radiating beauty this morning to you. If only I got to, I was had some people who joined my Twitter account the other day, which was hilarious because they go to a gym and they're all built like brick outhouses. They've seriously got the washboard stomachs. And, and frankly, as I said on my Twitter, that if I went to a gym for 10 years, I'm never going to look like that. You've got to be so dedicated. Because uh, there was that one of those little boys from that uh, Blazing Squad group, little, little Kenzie. Remember little Kenzie? Who's got a gym now and he works out. The trouble is he's still as daft as he was years ago. So it doesn't kind of mean they go, oh, you've been working out. And he goes, yeah, because I've got a gym and all that kind of stuff. Because people get addicted to it. And you get these endomorphins going on, and I'm I'm not kind of into things like that. Is it endomorphins or endmorphins or something? Endorphins, endomorphins. Sounds much more exciting, doesn't it? I've just named a new thing. It's an endomorphin. It does sound like something out of the X Men. I love it. Endomorphins. What are they? Endorphins. Endorphins. How fantastic! Apparently, you do get to that stage when you're in the gymnasium that apparently you get this rush. It's a bit like sex. They said. But I'm doing it from memory, so there's no chance of remembering even what this is supposed to be like. But they say you get to that thing where you start working out, and it, it becomes like a, like a rush. And there's a few people around our office who are going to the gymnasium. And a few have walked in here with big smiles on their... You're not going to the gymnasium. What for? What's the point? 
Oh, you're cleaning. You've still got the cleaning job. Oh, right. Don't go into a gymnasium. It's not going to reduce the size of you, for goodness sake. Liposuction might reduce the size of you. You could have some... Am I paying? Well, listen, if you were talking about a three grand for a wedding dress, why don't you spend that on liposuction? Get her to wear, you know, last year's bikini or something. Goodness sake, honestly. Can't have it all, can you? Quarter past five. Right. Nick Ferrari this morning on LBC. As the parents of three teenage girls who ran off to join ISIS give evidence at the Home Affairs Select Committee today, Nick will be asking who's to blame. I'm fascinated by that whole statement. They give evidence. What evidence are they giving? What evidence are they giving? I mean, they blame the police. The police have held their hands up and said, we shouldn't have maybe sent the letter to the girls. We should have sent it to the parents. The school should have told the parents that uh, one girl from the school had already run off to join uh, factions over in Syria, but they didn't. They chose not to. Quite clearly, these three girls didn't have any school friends, or if they did, they certainly didn't say anything to them. The parents saw nothing. They had no idea. They don't even know where they got the money from to buy their plane tickets. I mean, that's how little they knew about their children. So when you say, who's to blame? I hope to God they're not going to blame MPs. Because we've had Keith Vaz saying that, uh, you know, this is, we're going to make sure it never happens again. And I said earlier on, well, how is he going to make sure that happens? How's that going to happen? What? So you're going to police every single family in this country who might or might not have a child who could be radicalised online. How's that going to happen? Answer is, it's a load of old hot air again. It's not going to, you know, they're never going to manage that. It's like, I remember talking to Gita Sereni, dreadful woman who wrote a book about the child killer, Mary Bell. And, uh, and I said, what have you done the book for? She said, to make sure it doesn't happen again. I said, but it will happen again. Of course it will happen again. And lo and behold, we've had social workers who've let children be murdered because they failed to see the signs. All this rubbish about, we've learnt lessons from this. They learn nothing. We'll be sitting here, I promise you, in less than a year's time, there'll be another, another few people who've disappeared off to Syria. And we'll have to go knocking on Keith Vaz's door going, I'm sorry, you said you were going to be stopping. How have you stopped it? What have you done? The answer is they can't do anything. And uh, why are police forces across the UK losing registered sex offenders? 400 are missing. Sex offenders, they've gone missing. And this is at a time... When the government have announced that we're going to be cutting the funding for police forces, they're going to have to make cuts. They're woefully undermanned as it is. Police officers are stretched to the point of, I don't want to do this job anymore. You know, it's not the fun job it was. It's still a load of stupid paperwork. Stopping people smoking in cars. Stopping people using their phone in cars. Takes up 20 minutes to fill in the forms. 20 minutes. They should just do it, you know, automatically you know, on a sort of a handheld computer or send you to somewhere else to go and get it done. It's ridiculous. Emma Crosby, Channel 5 News presenter, will be doing the paper review for today. That's all after the morning news with Lisa Aziz on LBC. If you have joined us, it is nice to have your company. It is Tuesday. It's going to be cold again. Cold again. And Jean says, don't say ginger, it's redhead. Excuse me, I've got a producer who's ginger. He's more than happy to be ginger. He doesn't want to be redhead. He's ginger. Red is different. Red is, I think there are various shades of, of orange, and, and he's, he's the ginger bit. Because you get strawberry blonde, then it gets a little bit darker, and then you do get redheads. It is actually red, like a red setter. In fact, I think it is a red setter. <laughs> Either way, he's ginger. He doesn't want to be red-headed, Gene. He's almost insulted. Almost insulted. Yvonne says, I love your show. Because you know so much about magic, I'd love to know what you think of David Blaine. Mad as a fruitcake. But it doesn't matter. 
Because as long as somebody gets magic on the television, I couldn't care less. At the moment, you've got Dynamo, Troy. There's loads of people. Stephen Mulhern, very good magician. I mean, very, very good magician. People, people sort of tend to forget that he presents and he's very personable. He's very tall. Very, very tall. Very tall person. But he's a very, very good magician. I mean, he really is a very, very good magician. And he's got a series coming up about magic. We must get him in. I must sort out with my producer, Beth to get him in for in conversation, because he, he has a radio show in here as well. David Blaine, I always remember that hilarious time, and he was obviously a bit jet-lagged, and he got Eamon Holmes to interview him. And Eamon Holmes didn't quite fit into the <laughs> category of, of what David... Because David Blaine's a bit, you know, you know, talk to the hand. It was all of... It, always, it adds to the mystery, doesn't it? It adds to the mystery. But when it comes down to it, you know, all magic is the same. It's either going to be a prediction, an appearance... Or a disappearance. Or a box trick, as I call them. You know, and that's that's all there is in magic. There's only so many card tricks, there's just variations of it. I mean, my heart personally drops when somebody says, pick a card. But that's just me. It's only because I like so many other things. You know, I like coin tricks and pen tricks and all, all sorts of different things. All sorts of different things. <laughs> I've got a very funny one coming over from America at the moment. In fact, I bought quite a few of them. I bought ten of these ones. And I'll have to tell you about it a little bit later on. Uh, Ron says, why do disabled people get free road tax? They all seem to be having newish cars. Um, I don't know. I've never actually noticed the cars. I do notice the blue badges. And I do know that there are people who use them fraudulently. I know that all the time. I'd love to be... Why they can't police it? I've got no idea. You know, it's ridiculous. Bob in Walthamstow. Wife's a redhead. No hair. Just a redhead. It's an old one, isn't it? It's an old one. Steve, ginger is a biscuit. Is ginger a biscuit? Well, I mean, you do get ginger biscuits, but um, he's a redhead. Sorry, he's ginger. I'm now getting confused where I am in this programme this morning. Anyway, right. Uh, love your show. Love your show, Steve. Love your show. Love your show. Lots of people saying love the show, which is great. Uh, with regard to blue badge holder skipping, uh, says uh, this one here. Uh, I had a blood clot in my leg after being in hospital for months with a brain injury. I'm now warned by numerous doctors that every step I take heightens the chances of me being in a wheelchair permanently due to swelling and ulcers. Blood flow is a struggle when my deep vein is permanently damaged. So if I wanted, I could skip. Yet my badge is to reduce how much I walk. Should I ignore the doctor's advice or please the skip haters? Oh, I think you have to please the skip haters. Doctors always get it wrong. Always. So in other words, you had a blue badge before that, didn't you? That's what you're basically telling me. You had the blue badge before that. And uh, you're just one of these people. You know, so, so you've actually got a, you know, the, 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 you, you could be in a wheelchair. I've got a friend of mine who's, who's going to be in a wheelchair, but he's got motor neurons disease. So that's something completely, uh, completely different. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, somebody wants to know who's my favourite magician of all time. I don't have one, which makes me sound a little bit non-committal. I like uh, so many, all for different reasons all for different reasons blue in texas just tuned in texas everything is big in texas i loved your riff about the girls and the listeners comment that radicalization is a choice we have free will so much truth in your remarks the families the naivety of these girls and how absurd it is to blame the police i'd agree with you that people who are radicalized shouldn't be let back into the country they made their choices if they didn't value the chance to live in the uk they should stay away let me tell you now blue that i'll make a prediction if you think ISIS are going to be giving up these three girls, think again. They're not going to let them go. Put it this way, the only way they'll be leaving that country is dead. Because ISIS, what, well, you think they, people can wander over there, try it out on a, on a trial basis to see if you like being with ISIS, and then just wander back into the country again? It doesn't work like that. 
doesn't work like that, I'm afraid. What amazes me is, do you think these families ever discussed, I said earlier on, do you think they ever discussed ISIS and the chances of, you know, I hope, as my parents would say, you know, if, you'd, if you had known that somebody in the school had run away from their parents to go to Syria, would you not be saying to the children, did you know her? Did you know her? Did you? I mean, you, you wouldn't be doing anything like that, would you? You wouldn't be going onto the internet and, and talking to people about this, this radicalisation and what ISIS do. Do you think those, those parents ever had that conversation with their children? Doesn't make me make a, a prediction. I bet they blooming well didn't. I bet they didn't. So easy to blame. Well, we're blaming the police. The police aren't anything to do with it. These girls would have run away, whatever. Mainly because they're probably treated badly by the families. Because they're girls in, in these families. And girls don't, don't tend to fend very well, do they, I'm afraid? Uh, Lynn said, just come back from the dog emergency hospital. They won't treat him or put him down because I'm on disability. They want £100. Uh, well, yeah, the trouble is it, to put animals down costs money. It really does. I've just heard the Labour MP Anne Begg saying uh, the age you can claim your private pension should rise to 60. At this rate, I'll never be retiring, says Si. Oh, I don't know. I've actually got a couple of private pensions running. As we get ever closer to them, I get a bit more excited, thinking, ooh, that'd be quite nice. Because I've just got this insurance that I took out years and years ago, an insurance policy, which I, I sent you last week. And uh, it's just paid money off, uh, off the mortgage. So the mortgage has now gone down to tiddly-tiddly-tiny. But I like keeping it going. I'm just one of those people. Um, other one here, Albert, not keen on Keith Vaz. I mean, I just think that if the parents are so keen on finding their children, why don't they go to Syria themselves, take posters of their girls' pictures and put, nail them up like they do over here? You know, my dog's gone missing, does it look like this? And go over to Syria. What are, are they expecting? Well, we've already sent three police officers over there. I wonder if the girls wore hijabs as they went through the airport. Um, it doesn't matter actually, because there is no restriction on leaving the country. The restrictions are coming into the country. Leaving it, you could go yourself. If you're a little tiny child, well, then you would have somebody who would travel with you. But quite clearly, they didn't need to worry about things like that. That's why they were able to get on the airline. They bought their, their ticket legitimately. They got on the airline and off they toddled. Nobody bothered. Makes you wonder, doesn't it, really? It's uh, 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. 26 minutes to 6, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Tuesday the 10th of March and here she is. Her name is Maddie Munden. Maddie Munden. And uh, she's a top toast taste tester. She eats 50,000 slices of bread a year just to earn a crust. And so she has to taste... I shouldn't imagine she eats very much of it. She says, some people can't believe when I tell them what I do for a living. I'm tasting bread daily, sometimes solidly, from nine to five. Every day is a new and exciting challenge. She's obviously got no life at all, has she? Every day is a challenge. You're just, what are you doing today, dear? Tasting bread. But you did that yesterday. Yep, doing it today as well. That's not really different, is it, then, really? She does it in, uh, in the Leeds store. And she's also uh, tests cookies as well. Probably once you've done one loaf of bread, it all tastes the same to me. I mean, I don't know whether, whether or not you would agree with that. Cheltenham, isn't it? Cheltenham, a lot of people spending money on Cheltenham. And uh, there will be, I think, around about £250 million, which will be waged on Cheltenham. I'm not really a gambler. I'm not really a gambler. I have done the, uh, the national... I always miss the office sweepstake. They always do an office sweepstake, and I never, I never get that one because I'm, always, I'm never here. It's like whenever they go, so-and-so's just come back from holiday. You know, it's, you know, it's something you have to do in offices. That when somebody comes back from holiday, they, um, 
they bring back sweeties. But the trouble is, all the sweeties you can buy on holiday, you can buy them in this country now. Not really that particularly interesting. And so what they've actually got is, yesterday somebody uh, sent up something out and said, oh, you know, I've just put some sweeties out. I thought, they're never here for us when we get in, in the early hours of the morning. So I'll bring my own in. Here he is. You're going to hate him. He's in the Express today. He's a nasty piece of work with his, uh, with his daughter. His name is Lee Cairns. He's a lout. He's a nasty thug of a person. Lee Cairns admitted a cowardly, unprovoked attack that left a 79-year-old man unconscious and lying in a pool of blood. His ugly daughter is with him as well, smiling at the camera. That's the kind of pond life that we have over here. Lee Cairns took a running leap at Stan Roberts, punched him hard in the face as the attacker's daughter, Kelly Lamb, looked on. You're a nasty piece of work as well, aren't you? Mr Roberts uh, was in uh, North Tyneside. It was after a parking row. When the police arrived, Lee Cairns, for, uh, the, the aforementioned thug, snatched a baton from an officer, threatening to take his head off, and was arrested. Anyway, his daughter admitted criminal damage. They're quite clearly pond life, aren't they? And uh, the prosecutor said, Lamb knocked at the door... Uh, of Mr Roberts' ex-wife asked him to move the car from outside the property. Mr Roberts did move the car, despite some aggression, and afterwards they sat down to watch TV. 20 minutes later, Lee Cairns, the thug, hurled abuse at this man's ex-wife and Mr Roberts, and then he attacked him. He was bleeding heavily, and then he kicked the car door. The attack left the student nurse, who was the former wife, so scarred she moved home. Richard Haswell defending Lamb, a working mother of one... This is Kelly Lamb, isn't it? Ghastly old bag. Said she lost her temper and kicked the door. She was given an 18-month conditional discharge, £255 compensation plus costs. He'll be sent her later this month. Perhaps prison or hanging, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sick to death of people who batter. And then this smirking, ugly pair come out of court. Oh, dear, I'm so glad this programme has heard all over the country. Uh, what else do we find today? Oh, yeah, this, this couple who paid a pound for the house... And uh, it's now worth 60 grand. It's only worth 60 grand if they sell it. To be honest with you, they'd be, they'd be better off keeping the thing because it's, it's worth more, I should imagine. Um, Joan Collins's son, Sasha Newley, says he felt, felt abandoned by her because they're doing the story about Joan Collins. And uh, really, she's not, been, she's not been ill. She's not had any illnesses like other people have illnesses. Considering, you know, she's 80... 81, isn't she now? She's actually, you know, looking looking very, very well on it. Um, so the Apple Watch in all the papers today, uh, the heart monitor, customised face, personal trainer, bill payer, hands-free messaging, just about everything, just about everything that you could possibly want and, uh, and lovely. Um, 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 sorry, wait a minute. Oh, just lost all my things here. Wait a minute. Just quickly go back and try and find where they were. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Overpraised children turn into very arrogant adults. So, in other words, if you praise your child, oh, you're marvellous, you're wonderful in this, they actually become very arrogant because they believe it. And, unfortunately, it happens in adulthood as well. Because when you get the people on the reality shows... You know, people go, oh, you're really marvellous, you're really attractive. Whereas, in fact, most of them uh, are so unattractive, it's only through troweling on tons of makeup that they become passable. But because they believe they're really attractive, they think they can wear all these clothes. Whereas, in fact, the worst offenders, the worst offenders are the ones who wear the really cheap-looking outfits. They're the ones from Essex. You know, an embarrassment on Essex and a blight on the countryside. Over in Chelsea... They're wearing much classier outfits. That's the difference between shopping, you know, at some of the, the, the NAF stores. I mean, look at Lydia Dim. 
You've only got to realise what a badly dressed person... Not a clue about wearing anything at all. Look at them over in Chelsea. They know how to wear clothes. They might be exactly the same morally, all alley cats. But at the, at the same time, they know what to wear. Over in Essex, they just look like they, they, they bought this item or they've been lent it. They wear it the once. They look ridiculous. They really look ridiculous. You know, Chloe Sims ripped jeans, an old woman of her age. It's really embarrassing. Really embarrassing. Although the good news is that Lydia Dim's mother, who looked like she'd plugged herself into the light socket, has now had her hair done and she looks passable. But again, I don't know what she's doing in the programme. Not a very pleasant person at all. Paul says, why should we change the exit policy? If these idiots want to leave, then good riddance. Oh, I agree with you, totally. Everybody else agrees. Nobody wants them to come back. Nobody wants them to come back. Peter in Ashford says, a woman on escalator at Waterloo backcombing her hair. One on the northern line, doing her makeup. Can't these people get up earlier? I know, you want to say to them afterwards, you're really not helping, are you? You know, it doesn't make any difference whether you sit there doing your makeup on the, uh, the train. Um, the secret magician, the man who reveals how to do magic tricks. I think we all say, Steve, we'd like to know how the tricks are done, but he really does ruin it. Do performing magicians know who he is? Yeah, he's a magician. Everybody knows exactly who the secret magician is. And uh, he's been exposed. He's all over the internet. You can find him on the internet. And uh, what he does, he takes old tricks and he just does them as a, as a programme. He's a rather sad... His name is... Wait a minute, it'll come to me in a moment. I'll, I'll, I'll remember it. He's an American magician. He does a voiceover for something else and somebody mentioned to him, you're the secret magician, aren't you? And, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But it does seem a bit pointless, doesn't it, really? That you actually go and uh, buy a trick and then you tell people how it's done. Apparently, Muhammad Ali's like that because of his religion. He can't show you a magic trick uh, without telling you how it's done. So he went on TVAM years and years ago and he, um, and he showed people a trick. I won't tell you which one it was. And, th- and they went, oh, God, that was really good. And they said, it's done like this. And he showed them how he said, what's the point of that? <laughs> no point at all. No point at all. Um, another one here. Um, ginger squirrels are cute, says Ian. They're red. They're red. You know that they're red. It's as simple as that. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC, just uh, Dave in Orpington, says, uh, I suppose we can look forward to Nick Ferrari continuing your shameful assault on the disabled. What are you talking about? Are you another one of these idiots in life? Are you on some sort of medication? He says, you make out that everybody abuses the scheme, but in reality, most abusers are through forgery. We didn't say everybody. What are you, you deaf? Oh, oh, sorry, you could be deaf. You could be deaf, actually. He says, I'm just pleased you're able to walk to the supermarket, to be able to go play. You don't know anything about me. You don't think about me. Don't be so stupid. Don't make yourself out to be even more stupid than we think you are. A little bit worrying, isn't it? Uh, saw Joey Essex in Loughton. He's driving a fancy car with the NAF number plate, says Sonia, that spells Essex, E-S-X-5-X. Oh, dear. I think his career's all about finished, isn't it? I don't think the last television series did anything at all. Uh, the ISIS girls have only one function, baby factories. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think they're going to be coming back any time soon. I think it's I think it's highly unlikely, highly unlikely. But as I say, if, if the families are so keen on getting them back, why don't they go over there and have a chat to them? Why don't they just sort of contact? They must have telephones, surely. They appear to have been enjoying all the, the Western dreadful abominations that are going on. Uh, Sam Smith says, I came out as gay when I was 11. Good Lord. Seems a little bit early, doesn't it? And uh, he's talked about the homophobic abuse which uh, happened as a boy. Everybody gets abused. Everybody gets bullied. Doesn't matter. Gay, straight, pink, blue, black, white. Who cares? Everybody does it. And um, Peter Jones. He started his first company at the age of 17. Went on to make millions. He's got three daughters with his partner, Tara. In other words, they're not married. 
And so he says he will make small contributions to them. He's got two children from his marriage to his ex-wife, Annabelle and William. His business portfolio includes the relaunched camera chain, Jessup's. Because they closed one and then they sort of moved it elsewhere and it sort of scaled down a little bit. But he said £25 a month limit on pocket money. Seems fair enough, doesn't it? Seems a lot. Um, Apparently... Uh, oh, there's more on this. They've really gone mental on this house here, which the couple bought for a pound. And six months later, 60 grand. Uh, the despot who bought Blair for 16 million and Cherie for 320,000. Uh, how our ex-prime minister sold himself to a virtual gangster linked to torture, money laundering, bribery and murder. Oh, Blair loves the money, doesn't he? He really does. Uh, the Lebanese TV host cutting off the sexist London cleric who told her to shut up. He was a waste of space, wasn't he? And the pregnancy test, which helps a man to beat cancer. You can read about that in the paper. I cannot find, and I know I've got it somewhere, I've got the story of uh, the woman who is too fat to work. Too fat to work. And, uh, and a lovely picture of uh, Boris Johnson at the, the New England Seafood Factory, and it looks like it's a tuna here. He was launching an apprenticeship scheme. Something about him just makes me smile. Every time I see Boris Johnson, he makes me smile. And I love it when Nick Ferrari has a go at him and then goes, how much is a pint of milk? And you go, I don't know, no idea. Not a clue. At the time, it's quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, six. So here she is. She's in the paper today. Vicky Benson. I'm too fat to work. It's, the, uh, it's the, the headline that I absolutely love. And she says here, I tried to diet, but it is so hard. And so she doesn't. So, uh, so what we've done is, uh, we've, she weighs 28 stone. We've cut her benefits. So in other words, she was getting 270 quid a week. And so it's been slashed by 70 pounds. Oh, I take it all away. I'm sorry, take it all away. Get her off her fat bottom. Get her out there. She comes from Gateshead. She said it's terrible living on benefits. She made no effort to do anything about it at all. And uh, she's going to attend a slimming class. Says, I'm well and truly overweight. No kidding, dear. 28 stone. This big tummy doesn't seem to bulge. I've tried to lose weight. But, of course, it'll be what you're eating, won't it, dear? Chips, you know, all that sort of fried stuff. That'd be, that'd be it. I have looked at jobs, but I never hear anything back. If there are two people standing for the same job and one is big and one is slim, they take the slim one. And so now... Uh, job centre bosses have accused her of not applying for enough work. She said, I applied for four jobs as they were the only ones suitable for me to do. As a result, my benefits have been sanctioned. Fantastic. Fantastic. I think that's a brilliant idea, actually. Cut more of it. She's got children. Uh, you know, where, where are the father of the, of the children? Let them pay for it. I'm sick to death of these people who just sit there on their fat bottoms, not doing anything. 28, so I'm too fat to work. No, you're not. Not too fat to work at all. You're too bone idle. That's what you are. You're too bone idle. There's also a mum who falsely claimed 69,000. Tracy Gray from Stockton on, Tr- on Tees. God, are they all up north? She claimed she was a single mother, but in fact she wasn't. She was living with a partner. And uh, she's been told to pay the cash back at £13 a fortnight. So it's going to take her 201 years. What sort of stupid judge is that? Shouldn't somebody have said to the judge, it's 201 years, she's going to be dead. Ridiculous. The judge said she was sucking money from the vulnerable. Well, you're an idiot to start with. What's the point of making somebody pay over 201 years? £13 a fortnight? And she's living with a partner. Make him pay. Sick to death of people like that. Absolutely ridiculous. 
Uh, Steve says, Lynn, I'm getting fed up with the families of these three silly girls who've gone to Syria. It's not our fault. Their daughters are liars and very cunning and deceitful, of course. Totally deceitful. But as I say, did they ever, did their parents ever talk to these girls? Did they ever ask them, how are you getting on at school today? Well, actually, one of the girls left and went, went to Syria. Oh, right. I mean, you know, so far they blamed the police. I'm surprised they haven't gone to a lawyer and sought compensation for the fact. Whereas, in fact, I'm just sort of saying, why don't they get on a plane and go to Syria, go bring them back? But, of course, you know, might as well be a chocolate teapot, mightn't you, really? And uh, everybody's making a fuss about these girls. The parents must do their bit, Steve. They must go over there, says Connie, and uh, and find them. Obviously, they never talk to anybody. Are these families on benefits? Do they work? Do we know anything about them? I've got no idea. I don't know. Certainly don't talk to their children, that's a fact. No idea, not a clue. Yet they managed to pack their little suitcases. Must have done it at dead of night, mustn't they? They just disappear off. All three of them. And we track them and they don't look remotely bothered about leaving or doing anything at all. They will, they will, believe you me. And uh, a Danish father went there to get his boy back. Should the parents, Steve, not be pulling together? Do you think the parents have even met each other? I think they've talked to each other. Going, well, how did that happen? I don't know how that happened at all. Not a clue. It just happened, didn't it? it just, just magic, ladies and gentlemen. Just absolute magic. Uh, 84850. Oh, Valentino is the masked magician. Thank you, Roddy. I couldn't remember which one it was. I, I, was, I was coming round to him in a, in a second. Yeah, Valentino. And uh, to be honest with you, it was very interesting to start with. And you go, oh, so that's how it was done. No, that's how it was done for that kind of thing. He's, uh, he's way out of touch and he's, uh, he's lost everything, I think, now. He's been shunned by everybody. Nobody likes him. Poor soul, honestly. Never mind. So he got his 30 pieces of silver. It's like sort of, I don't know, I can't think of why you'd want to ruin somebody's careers. But actually, nobody's careers was, was ruined. Uh, 84850. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of people talking about the... Uh, the 28 stone woman. I mean, she could get a job doing something, couldn't she? I see no reason why not. It's just a feeble excuse. It's just she's too bone idle and too lazy to get off her bottom and get out there and do something. Um, as a crooked trader who swindled uh, two million jail for 10 years. You see, I reckon it should, you know, if, if you've swindled from the state £68,000 prison straight away. I don't see any, you know, <sighs> that's end of story. Big Brother winner Helen Woods. Nasty piece of work she turned out to be has been arrested for attacking a housemate rival. And um, the former vice girl, I love that, former vice girl, you only saw the ugly side of her when she won. And up until then, she'd been quite revolting. I mean, she really, you can imagine how nasty a piece of work she was. I love it, former vice girl. But, um, the 27-year-old hauled in my officers following an incident at Essex Fashion Week. Sorry? Essex Fashion Week. What's that? Essex Fashion Week. I hope the Towie is not the benchmark of uh, fashion in Essex. Good God. I mean, they are the worst-dressed people, aren't they? They, re- I mean, they really are the worst-dressed people you've ever seen in your life. Perhaps it's just the ones on television. Everybody else in Essex is going round, you know, looking quite normal. But the boys look just awful. And then the other day, poor little Bobby Cole Norris. I mean, dear God, what is it? What is it, ladies and gentlemen? You'd have to have it analysed, wouldn't you? Turned up in a pair of women's shoes. <laughs> Small wonder he's single. Small wonder nobody wants to go anywhere near him. It's really quite tedious. Although I'm sure they'll all be turning up to Michelle Keegan's wedding. So that'll be really, really exciting. Uh, other stories in the paper. Just the other side of the news, I'll, I'll go through the front pages. It's going to be Apple and it's going to be Crufts. And, uh, and it's going to be the fact that um, a lot of elderly people are arrested by the, uh, the police and locked up for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. Also, holidays are being boosted because of the pound. Holidays are supposedly cheaper 
than they've ever been before. So now is the time to book your holidays. Um, the son of running with this Premier Stars uh, son, he's a football who goes to this exclusive school, who stabbed 15 kids with a blood test needle. I mean, quite clearly. I mean, what's the matter with him? Has he got one or two screws loose at 14? You go round, and he goes to an exclusive school, which presumably mummy is paying for, or daddy's paying for, or both are paying for. And uh, he's 14, kicked out of this school. He's been, uh, he's been expelled. So that's what you'll be looking for now. You'll be looking for a footballer with a son who's sitting around at home who goes around stabbing children with a pen. Perhaps without realising that, perhaps he did realise it's got a needle in it. It's only a tiny, tiny needle. It's just to produce a little, a little bit of blood on your finger so you can and test it. But that's their front page story. I want to know who the footballer is. I want to know who on earth's got a stupid son who would go around doing something like this, which is really, really dangerous. Or it could be really dangerous. They've had to be tested for hepatitis, HIV, all because of the stupid actions of some. Perhaps he thinks he's above the law. Not now. Expelled. Shouldn't take too long for the papers to name and shame, I should imagine. Can't wait to find out who it is. Apparently he's very well known. He would be, wouldn't he, if he's in premiership. There's also a rare collection of toy cars, which, uh, which are coming up. Sally says the fat girl on benefits could get a job tasting bread. That is a thought. I don't want her any fatter. Bad enough as it is. Bad enough. And uh, when these girls come home, Steve, will they be celebs? Will they get cult state? They won't be coming home. They're never going to be coming home. Take my word for it. There's no chance they're coming home. What? And admitting to their mummies and daddies that they've done wrong? No, they won't be coming. I don't want them back here. I don't think anybody... If we did a survey of this country, 99% of people would be saying we don't want them back here. They can stay there. If the parents want to see them, you go to Syria. You go there. 2,000 toy cars. Lovingly built up over 50 years. A retired car dealer, Raymond Hainsworth, and his wife, Pat. Uh, They reckon they're worth about a quarter of a million pounds. Uh, he was st- he was so dedicated to the collection. Even two weeks before the auctioneers came to take it away, he's still buying things. The toys were kept in their boxes, and it's got everything. Triang, Minic, Spot On, uh, Hornbeat, English and French Dinky. Really, and because what you've got to do nowadays, or if, if you buy cars in boxes, and there's quite a number of specialist shops around London. There's one in Upper St Martin's Lane. And, um, well, no, it's moved into the little alley, the court over the road. And... Um, some of the cars can cost a lot of money, but you keep them in the boxes. You keep them in the boxes. But in fact, they're so clever now that they can take a battered old car, they can take it apart, respray it, put it back, or you can get the boxes made as well. There are companies that will make boxes. So in fact, you've got to be quite clever to work out exactly what is, what is genuine and what is fake. People still talking about Crofts. I have made it quite clear in the past that I'm totally against Crufts. I don't like anything like that. I don't mind um, the sort of show which is Scruffs, which is dogs with the waggiest tail. You know, dogs most likely to succeed at nothing. You know, that's sort of the funny thing. I don't like this interbreeding between dogs. I really don't. I don't like anything like that at all. You know, best in breed, best in show. And, it's all, and then the, the judges stand there and they're generally slightly overweight women. And they go and they point their finger at them. They go, you. And that's it. And then they have to go and do their uh, their their sort of advert. Uh, Graham on the M25 says, do you think the 28 stone woman, Steve, could get a job as a bouncy castle? Uh, and even and strange enough, Kevin the Milkman said exactly the same. Who says the caring side of me says she could get the job as the bouncy castle. And how was I missed off of London Fashion Week? Me and my shorts and white socks. An Essex fashion icon. Somebody says, Steve, Essex Fashion Week. 
about as likely as Liverpool Etiquette Week. Oh, you wait till you see the Cheltenham Festival. You wait till you see the badly dressed that turn up for that. You wait till you see it. It's, it'll be ghastly. It'll be ghastly. I don't quite understand it. I mean, I've, I've bet on the National, but I wouldn't want to go to Aintree. Maybe you've seen the lowlifes that go to Aintree. Now you've got Cheltenham. £250 million will be bet there over a period of time. And it's, it's, it's an experience, but I certainly wouldn't want to repeat it. I've been once, and uh, LBC had, uh, had some race meetings ourselves. And I did go there. I wasn't very successful at all. <laughs> I just sort of thought, oh, that one looks like it's likely to win. And yet on the National... Last time round, what did I get? I got second, third and fourth. Second, third and fourth and picked up a, a bet each way, yeah. Yeah, that was, so I, I, I did all right. I certainly got my money back and, uh, and a bit more beside. If only I'd had the first one, I'd have been a much happier person. But uh, I thought I did OK. It wasn't bad. Still to come, the police locking up the elderly in the care crisis. The £300 Apple Watch that does almost everything, but will people buy it? Overpraised children turning into arrogant adults. The uh, the son, I will bring you this story, who assaulted his parents because he maintains they didn't give him enough lunch money. We found a racist yob who's been fined for punching a taxi driver. He gets out, he says, I'm not paying, goes into his house. So the taxi driver, a very nice person, just says, excuse me, could I have my six pounds, please? And he punches him. So he's gone to court. David Walliams kissing Russell Brown on the cheek for a selfie. Small wonder the wife's left. And um, the TV host who cut off the cleric who told her to shut up. You are beneath me. She wasn't, of course. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, a pretty nice heavy company. It's Tuesday, the 10th of March. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Amazing how many people are interested in this Apple Watch, but will it sell in the volumes that they're expecting it to? I, th- I think it probably will. Uh, will it be the kind of thing you would use? Probably for a little while. Is it a bit of technology? Yes. Are there things around the corner? Yes. Isn't it amazing? And is it affordable? The answer is probably yes on all of those counts. And if you buy into Apple, you'll be ordering this thing anyway. Uh, The racist yob fined for punching the taxi driver. The school that have uh, taken the extraordinary step of expelling a top Premier League star's son for stabbing 15 children with a blood test needle. He apparently found it on a desk. All a bit worrying. And the Crufts Poisoner. Six dogs, they now say, although Crufts are playing it down and saying, no, 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 we we don't think this is true at all. The cost of a holiday is plummeting. And the calculator that warns when you can have a heart attack. I think there was something on the LBC website. The thing that was on the LBC website the other day, which said, "Dare you take this test to find out when you can have a heart attack or if you were a prime candidate?" So I, I got as far as page one when it said, "Have you had any cardiac problems?" I said, so I ticked the yes bit, and that was as far as it let me go. It said, "Well, there's no point in you doing this test. It's only for people who haven't had any cardiac problems." So obviously, I'm a I'm a prime candidate for it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, and ever so nice, Pip Schofield has hit back in a sex row. He's sick to death of people complaining about this morning. Because quite clearly, uh, smutty Philip Schofield likes talking about bondage and stuff like that. You find it quite difficult to believe that he's actually got children. And uh, perhaps he's happy for that sort of conversation. I suppose he must be, actually. Otherwise, I can't see why I'd be complaining about it. But I think he's sick to death of people complaining about the programme. All they're trying to do is get an audience, which is, uh, you know, okay. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, that'll teach me to text whilst walking and delivering the milk. I should have put Essex Fashion Week, but typed London Fashion Week by mistake. 
That proves Sam right. Us men can't multitask. <laughs> uh, what's your thought on personalised number plates? Do you have one? Certainly not. Can't think of anything worse. Personalised number plate? Oh, ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. Uh, Ron said, should we apologise to Kuwait for taking Mohammed Edwazi, described as a beautiful man, off their hands before they seek compensation from us for allowing him to become radicalised? Yes, I mean, I don't... The uh, the parents... Nick Ferrari's going to be talking about this this morning. The, the parents of these three girls. And to be honest with you, I'm so bored with them now. I can't really even uh, go into it too much. But um, they're meeting MPs today. For what reason? I've got no idea. What do they think MPs are going to be doing? According to Keith Thaz, they're going to make sure this never happens again. I did ask the question, well, how are you going to manage that one? So far, we haven't heard back from him, but I'm sure we will this morning. David Walliams puckering up with Russell Brand, putting his marriage woes behind him. You know, and then you think, do you think Lara is looking? Because she's also pictured in the paper today, Lara Stone, his his wife. They're on a trial separation for that read that they've split. And... um, and so she's done something to her foot. He's puckering up with Russell Brand. I mean, a, a man who is so mad, you wouldn't have him anywhere near you, would you? And, um, and, and you wonder why the wife's left you. She probably didn't know what was going on at all. So we'll do the front pages of the papers, try and find out you know, exactly whatever he's going to be talking about later on today on LBC. And I'll give you the complete rundown on what Nick Ferrari's doing on his programme after the news at seven. Uh, the Daily Star, they've gone mad on uh, bets for Cheltenham, a £2 walk-in bet for every reader uh, with Paddy Power. And there's a, a Cheltenham pull-out inside. Gee, I couldn't be less interested. I seriously couldn't be uh, less interested. Uh, invasion, of the, uh, invasion of the Ginger Rats... Sorry about this, we've gone ginger mad this morning on the programme. And uh, also, football star Peter Crouch has given his wife, Abby Clancy, a picture of himself. Which is lovely. But, I mean, I wonder who actually released that. Them. Them. They actually released it. And uh, never a day goes by without the hugely talented actress, who is Kim Marsh, uh, telling you some dreary aspect about her life. Today is no different. She suffered a near-death experience when her plane dropped like a stone. She was flying from the Isle of Man when her her small propeller plane got caught in a jet stream. Kim, 190, said the plane suddenly and petrifyingly dropped like it was falling out of the sky. It started bouncing all over the place. I've never been so scared. Well, that's a trouble, dear, if you're cheap and you travel in a light aircraft. Okay, you know, you should have realised, I mean, you shouldn't have to explain to somebody as intelligent as you, that even if you travel in big aircraft, they get buffeted by the thermals. And if you travel in a light aircraft, you really get buffeted by thermals. It's as simple as that. Philip Schofield has hit out after Ofcom launched an investigation into the show's report on bondage for beginners. God, you don't think that Philip Schofield goes home and starts wearing rubber and leather, do you? Things like that. It was inspired by the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. It wasn't. It was just a cheap bit of pornography on the television for the benefit of Philip Schofield. It featured a collar, a body wand and an eye mask and sex toys. Sex toys, I ask you. Sex toys. Ofcom received 120 complaints and is now investigating. Philip, 52, but looking so much older at the moment, said people complain to Ofcom about any minor outrage. He says, as far as I'm concerned, this morning has always pushed the boundaries. That's not pushing the boundaries, Phil. That's just being dirty. That's just being tacky. Like most of the things you do on the programme, they're done because they're dirty and tacky. And you're a bit dirty and tacky, so that's why you like it. It's got nothing to do with pushing the boundaries. That's not, that's not pushing boundaries. You want to push boundaries, show pornography. That's pushing boundaries. What you're doing is just cheap, tatty titillation. You know it and I know it. 
It's as simple as that. Let's not try and tart it up into something it uh, it really isn't. Uh, do I really want to tell you the weather again? No, I don't. I couldn't care less, actually, about the weather for today. If it's anything like yesterday, it'll be cold. It will be cold. Not so good. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Apparently, um, there is a, a car, according to the black cab poet, driving around London with a personalised plate that reads rude word in another language. Is it really? <laughs> Actually, there used to be... Um, you remember Fiona Richmond? She did a lot of those sort of saucy plays in London where there were a lot of sort of, you know, a door would open, the vicar would go, oh, I can't believe it, and then a topless girl would run across the stage. And Fiona Richmond did loads of them, and she and her husband used to have a car. They used to live in Chiswick, and it was a white Rolls, and the number plate was PEN15. And I used to see it all the time, and it used to make me laugh, actually. I don't know what car it is on now. When I worked at New Scotland Yard, yes, I worked at New Scotland Yard, we would type into the computer different um, words to see if it actually appeared on anything. And I can remember at one point typing in LBC1, and it turned out to be the London Brick Company. I was mortally disappointed until I found a brick uh, in a skip that had LBC on it from the London Brick Company. But it looked quite good, so I took it home. Where it is now, I've got no idea. I like things like that. Personalised number plates. Wonderful. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk All this fuss over three girls turned terrorist and now special treatment for their parents meeting MPs to air their anger. A pity the same publicity, care and concern haven't been voiced by Keith Vaz to thousands of girls trafficked by Asian and Pakistani gangs. Have their parents been afforded a trip to Westminster to discuss the complete lack of duty of care by social services and the police? I doubt it, she says. Well, no doubt there'll probably be some sort of fact-finding mission to Syria. You can see that being on the cards, can't you, around the corner. Uh, How much did the fat woman get paid for the newspaper interview, says Angelina. I don't think she got paid anything. I'm pretty certain. It's, I'm assuming because it's, it's somebody like this, she's probably appeared in a local paper. And what the nationals do is they trawl the local papers, find the story. So you wouldn't need, you just lift the story. You, know, you would go to the, the paper. It might have been in the Tyneside Gazette or something like that. And they just lift it. They have a picture of this woman. And um, so this, this woman, she's, I mean, she's just bone idle. She's bone idle. She can't be bothered. And even the job centre have said the same. She's not made any effort to look for a job. So they've cut her benefits. As far as I'm concerned, 270 quid a week handout. They should have cut the whole lot. Otherwise, what's going to encourage her to go back to work? Nothing. Nothing. Sick of these people, says uh, Angelina, selling their sob stories. Well, it's always been an ex- People have always got excuses nowadays. I don't understand the excuse market. You know, she sits there. Put this way, she's got a computer. She's got a computer. She's pictured sitting on it. And she claims bosses pick the slimmer candidates. Well, lose weight and then you could be the slimmer candidate. Don't sit there bleating away like some overstuffed settee. Nobody's interested. 28 stone? Good God, you'll be lucky. I mean, really, I mean, her, her children are fairly young by the look of it. Oh, no, wait a minute. This is where she comes from. She's featured in a, in a documentary called Benefits Britain, Life, Life on the Dole. Last time she worked was a cleaner. But, um... She said she packed in the role after just two months, saying it just didn't work out, so I gave it in. Maybe I should have stuck at it and tried harder. Oh, cut the benefits immediately. Why not? Oh, sorry, I do beg your pardon. It's my phone gone mad again. I don't know how that... It's turned off. I don't know how it makes that noise. I really don't... It's turned off. Seriously, it's not my fault. Shouting at me this morning. It's very, very, um... Very awful. Um, apparently, Charlie Girling says personalised number plates are the height of tackiness. I'm horrified. No, I wouldn't have, uh... 
a personalised number plate. I think that's outrageous, Charlie. I bet you've got one. I bet it's leaving my phone in the studio. It's quite horrific. I'm in big trouble now. Charlie, don't send again. You know, every time you do that, I get into trouble. I've been in trouble twice this morning. Once, don't put your coffee there. Don't put your coffee there. I've all that kind of malarkey going on, honestly. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Six. I keep saying good morning. I know it's sounding a bit repetitive because I generally don't bother with pleasantries because I appreciate that a lot of people have been listening since four o'clock this morning, but I'm assuming that every time I say good morning, there's a new lot of people who've joined us on uh, LBC. Uh, Charlie Girling is our head of showbiz wonderfulness, and um, she says, after te- texting me about the uh, personalised number plates, the height of tackiness, and, uh, and the phone made the noise, and then she said, oh, I'm so... And then she sent me another one. So, of course, luckily it was during the ad break, so the phone made another noise. <laughs> she said, I'm so sorry, you and your telephone. I agree, me and my telephone. Uh, Simon says that Fiona Richmond also had another number plate, which is unrepeatable on this programme, Simon, as you, uh, as you appreciate. Uh, Stephen Milne is back from Oz. I'm still waiting for the photos, Stephen. Still waiting, very late night this morning. He said, your phone's still playing up? I get into the most dreadful trouble because the, the ring is still on. So I've, I've, turned, I've turned the volume down. If it goes again, it's nothing to do with me. It's a fault with the, with the phone. <laughs> uh, front page of the, uh, the Daily Mail today. Police locking up the elderly in care crisis. Vulnerable pensioners being locked in police cells when care home staff can't cope with them. There was one 90-year-old dementia sufferer put in custody after he rowed with his carers. I mean, it, it, this is the problem with people who suffer from dementia. They don't know they're doing it. They, oh dear, did you hear that? The phone went again. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. And, uh, oh, is that Pordy? <laughs> Who says, uh, I've just tuned in. Yes, Susanna for lunch. I think that's Pordy. I'm losing track. My phone keeps ringing by itself. I'm so sorry, honestly. It's so unprofessional. It's not normal for me to be unprofessional. Uh, Did Crufts Poisoner target six dogs? Uh, The answer is, we don't think so. I say we don't think so. We know that one had certainly eaten some meat. Whether it was was intended for a dog, we've got no idea. And now they say some other dogs who've been taken seriously ill may have been poisoned. Crufts are playing it down and saying that, mainly because they're probably frightened that if people think there is somebody around there who is feeding dogs poisoned meat, and it could, it could be done quite easily, quite easily, and nobody would know. They've got security for checking your tickets in and out, but do they have tickets for uh, sort of security for checking whether or not you're feeding dogs meat? It could be somebody who's exhibiting. It could be all sorts of people. You know that, you know, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, the front page of the Sun are running with Cheltenham, a free £1 bet. Doesn't, uh, doesn't quite beat the Daily Star's £2 bet. And the Premier stars sons stabs 15 kids with blood test needle. And uh, any diabetic has got these kits. Uh, you can buy them in the chemist. They're very cheap. It's just a blood testing kit. You can buy them on the internet. They're very cheap. They're, you know, some of them under £10, £6, something like that. And it's, um, it's a spring-loaded pen, which you unscrew the top of and you put a needle in. You get a pack. Some people use the same needle all the time, but, I mean, I always change the needle on it. And uh, and you just dial up a number depending on how deep you want the uh, the needle to go in. It's a tiny, tiny needle. I promise you. I mean, it's it's really it's uh, oh, it's tiny. It, it's so tiny. I can't. It's less than less than an eighth of an inch. Very small. It's just there to produce a little little sample of blood, which you can put on your uh, your test strips. Uh, the Daily Mirror. They've got Cheltenham as well. They've got a free five a five pound bet. With StanJames.com, The Hunt for the Sinister Killer, Crufts Murder, Six More Dogs Poisoned, 
Owners tell of new drug meat attacks as police secure CCTV evidence. Uh, front page of the uh, Independent. Today, seven rules for raising girls. I can't help feeling we should have sent that to the parents of the three girls who've gone on to join ISIS. Uh, second to none or a waste of time. Apple's watch unboxed. And uh, from squalor to inspiration, the killer's daughter, who is standing for Parliament, the education secretary taking on the homophobic bullies. Is this the woman who didn't want to be called love? This is the same woman yesterday who appeared on uh, LBC. Can't call people love. She thought it was patronising. We did point out to her that everybody north of Watford Gap calls people love, poppet, pet, chuck, whatever you want. Uh, Front page of the Daily Express, they've only got a £2 bet at Cheltenham. It's amazing how many people that encourage you to gamble. The one thing I don't want you to do is uh, gamble. Pregnant Kate. God, this pregnancy's gone on forever, hasn't it? Is it pink for a girl, they're saying. So every time she goes out in an outfit, they go, you know, is she wearing that? Is that an indicator? I shouldn't imagine she thinks about that at all. Why would you think about what colour you're wearing as to whether or not people um, people work out whether it's a boy or a girl? doesn't matter as long as it's healthy. Though you've never heard of them not having a healthy child, have you? Are you related to Genghis Khan? Apparently millions of men are... Interesting. They've, be, they've sort of been looking at people's chromosomes. I won't go into it now because it's way too complicated, but it's in, in a lot of the, uh, the papers for this morning. Uh, there's also that miracle of all miracles, a car which I believe uh, plunges into a, a river, and it's a freezing river. It killed the mother. This is in uh, Utah, Spanish Fork River, Utah. Uh, the dead mother, who was a college student, was in the driver's seat. Uh, they got the car out. In the car is the baby... 14 hours upside down in her chair because the car flipped over. She's up. She's been in the in the river for 14 hours and she's still alive. I mean, the miracle of all miracles, ladies and gentlemen, if if proof were needed, that baby is living proof. Britain's divided decade, according to the Independent, the rich are 64 percent richer, the poor are 40, uh, 57 percent poorer. The Times this morning. uh, Is it pink for a girl? And parents call in police to discipline children. Families unable to deal with rows in the house. Doesn't surprise me at all. Front page of the uh, the Telegraph. UK caught napping as defence cuts bite. Uh, and a picture of uh, uh, Rona Fairhead appointed to the BBC Trust in October last year. Yesterday, urged by politicians to step down. I'm going to step down now. And I shall uh, say thank you very much indeed for your company today. It's been a thrill and a pleasure for you and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30 I'll have a free podcast up for you in around about 15 minutes time if we get our skates on and then the uh, remainder of the programme you can podcast a little bit later on if you go to the LBC website you can download the LBC app or there's TuneIn Radio 2 and that's on lbc.co.uk if you missed any of today's show there's our podcast service and you don't want to miss any of today's show they're worth podcasting every single day that's Monday through Sunday.